Hello, Leonora. Hi, Ashley. We, after an arduous road, yes. have arrived at the discussion of the Devil's Backbone. Yes. It was a bit of a challenge to make this episode happen. We're finally ready to talk about it. Right. Life is hard right now. Life, a lot of life is happening. <laughs> a lot of life is happening. And that's great. Yes. But it does present an obstacle. Yes. <laughs> when you were trying to record a podcast. Right. Especially given how hard it is to watch this damn movie. Yes. Though I found out you can actually rent it on YouTube. Hmm. Well, I don't know if that just happened. Yeah, I didn't know that. But I looked that. the other night and it is rentable. Huh. Well, it was nice to watch it on DVD. Yes. Uh, Criterion Collection number 666. Perfect. Very intentional. <laughs> Very cute. Uh, so, yeah, we're talking about The Devil's Backbone. Yes. This is Del Toro's third feature film. Correct. Uh, 2001. Yeah. And it's, I think, finally... The movie he meant to make. Yeah. Because, like, Kronos is great, and I'm sure it really does capture his vision, but he was working under limited means. Yes. And Mimic is not the movie he wanted to make. Yeah. Uh, You know, I think that eventually he was probably pretty satisfied with it, but... Yeah. It, it's just... Just, it, there's no way it's it, it the vision of difficult the Difficult circumstances. Difficult circumstances... You know, he it was a it was a studio production, and so right. it wasn't strictly the you know what he would have been making. Right. At, was he to you know were he to make a movie by himself, um, and then all the meddling and all of that. So this movie though was the movie he meant to make, and he had the means to make it yes. finally, and it really is like head and shoulders above the yeah, other two. Absolutely. Like his first real masterpiece. Definitely. And it's so funny how you just continue to see echoes of it in his later work, yep. which we will definitely talk about. Yep. They'll, they'll, they'll likely come up today, they'll, but they'll, show they, up. they'll continue to yes. come up as we continue to watch movies. Uh, yeah, this movie apparently was, you know, in the way that some movies are, in production for 16 years, like in development. Right. sure. Like he, he wrote this in college. Wow. Yeah. Some earlier draft of it, though, I would assume. Yes, presumably so. But, like, this was a movie that he wanted to make for a really long time, and he finally was in a position where he had the means to do it. Right. So that's super cool, and it shows. Yes. Uh, he does like to make his anti-fascist movies. Yeah. He does love that. Uh, and I think that he has been fascinated by the Spanish Civil War, clearly, for a very yeah, long time. Clearly. Uh, and, of course, this he has said that this is a companion or a sibling film to, to the Pan's much later... Labyrinth, yes, yeah. much later Pan's Labyrinth. Uh, that is quite evident yeah he didn't really have to tell us <laughs> yeah i mean i think that this movie deserves more attention than it gets compared to pan's labyrinth certainly but the thing is it's hard because you can't watch it right it's not it probably would have more attention if, if it, it was streaming somewhere like chronos is right if it was just yeah. more readily available yeah. Like, and for a long time, you know, maybe it is on YouTube now, but it But I wasn't. think it must have been a recent thing because it definitely wasn't yeah. even when we were discussing doing Del Toro mm -hmm. for the podcast. Like, yeah, I recall looking it up. So yeah. uh, it's it probably would be more discussed if uh, only it was more accessible. Exactly. 
Uh, do we want to do any further preamble or do we want to um, get into it? I think we should just get into it. I think so, too. I think so, too, because there's a lot of meat here. Yeah. Um, okay. So, we open on a shot of the cellar door in the kitchen at the orphanage. Yep. Very ominous. <laughs> yep. And we get um, Casares, Dr. Casares' narration at yes. the beginning. Our beloved Federico Lupi. Yeah, here he is again. He is he is more charming than ever. Yes. He's a he's a darling. He's wonderful. Um, and he has this very interesting speech about what is a ghost. Yep. Uh, it's a tragedy doomed to repeat itself over and over. Uh, we see a shot of a bomb dropping out of a plane. It's a great shot. Yeah, this, it's it's imposing. Yes, from above, directly overhead. Yep. Um, the bomb lands with an explosion. Um, we see a boy with a head wound on mm-hmm. the floor, and someone else is present, but we don't see who it is. Casares uh, says, an instant of pain, perhaps, something dead which still seems to be alive. Uh, and this other person, who is Jaime, uh, touches the blood on the dead boy. He is horrified. Yep. Uh, and we see the body go into the water of the cistern. The gross, gross yeah, cistern. Yeah, like rust-colored water. Yeah, it's yeah. just dirt water. Casara uh, says, an emotion suspended in time like a blurred photograph, which mm-hmm. is foreshadowing. Significant later, yeah. Yes. Um, we see Jaime crouching by the water, and he is crying. Uh, and Kasara says, like an insect insect trapped in amber. And then you're like, okay. All right, Del Toro. I see you. Um, We get the credits and it's just sort of this watery grave, you know, gross water swirling around. And then it sort of is, it it is uh, foreshadowing the limbo fluid. Yeah. Um, You can sort of see. You see the baby spine. Yeah. Uh, And... It's real spooky and We've very... got some fun, like, Dave McKean-esque font It for really the is very Dave McKean. Like, yeah. I was a little surprised, but then again, you know, it was 2001, and that yep, was sort of... Yep, that was in. ...de rigueur. Um, so, we get back to the film. Um, we're in a desert. Yes. Uh, and there's a car driving across the horizon. It's a great shot. Yeah. This, like, half and half of, like, the yellow desert and the blue, blue sky... We, there are a few shots oh, like yeah. that, and they're really wonderful. Um, Carlos is in the car. He's a preteen mm-hmm. boy, um, and he's in with his tutor, Ayala. Yeah. Ayala. Um, and Ayala tells him that they will be there soon, um, and you can see the orphanage in the distance. Right. It's the only structure. Like, who built this and why? Way out in the middle of the, like, yeah, the desert, basically. It is. Like, I'm not... I'm curious about this building. Like, it seems like it probably wasn't built as an orphanage. Yeah. No. But I don't know if it's some kind of... Because the cellar looks almost like a crypt. Yeah. Like, is this... Was this some kind of monastery, perhaps? Seems possible, given all of the, like... Everything. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But it's just nowhere. It's in the middle of nowhere. It's nowhere. Like, why would somebody build anything, including a monastery... Just, like, a half a day's drive from the nearest small town. Maybe it used to be a prison. 
I don't know. Hey, it doesn't look like no. that, though. No. I'm so curious. It's, maybe there used to be more buildings that just don't exist anymore. Maybe. It's so desolate. Um, but it is out there all alone. Um, so... The car arrives, and Ayala hides a gun under his jacket. Yep. Um, Carlos is carrying his belongings. He's real cute. Yeah, he's he's like, we've seen this type of character in a, in a Del Toro movie before. Yes, <laughs> we have. Uh, and um, Jacinto is yeah. building a fence with some boys and a guy who later will be referred to as Pig. Right, that's which is his a, a name. Choice pig. Uh, yeah, <laughs> a, a choice. Yeah. Oh. So, um, the new arrivals go into the courtyard, and the first thing they see is an unexploded bombshell, just like sticking straight down into the ground, nose first. Um, and Alma, the maid. She seems like maid caretaker, housekeeper, kind of. Yes. She greets them and tells them that the bomb fell a while ago and that the bomb squad came and defused it, but they couldn't move it because it's just so big and heavy. They just left it there. Sure. And and Carlos immediately, like, knocks on it. Yeah. <laughs> proving that he is naive. He's, yes. It's funny. He's naive, but he's quite smart. He's a clever kid. Yeah. But he just, like, I don't know. He has more intrigue than fear about him. Like, and that's how a kid in a horror movie is. That's a, that's, yeah. that's horror movie protagonist syndrome. Yes. Um, but, you know, because he is like 11, it feels sort of honest in a way that yeah. an adult doing oh, yeah. these things wouldn't. Absolutely. Because he's like, he like knocks on it and it makes kind of an unsettling sound. Yeah, and he's like, a, oh, cool. Yeah, kind of a rumbling. <laughs> yes. Um, so Ayala tells Carlos to wait in the yard. And... Um, Dr. Casares is watching from the window. Yep. Our guy. Um, and Carmen, yes. the headmistress, is there and asks what's going on. Um, he tells her, you know, Ayala's here and he is wounded. Uh, she says, oh, they're always wounded. And they have brought another boy. She's not happy about She's this She's not at all. happy about this. Uh, we see that she has a prosthetic leg. Yeah, really ornate It's a very leg. cool leg. Yeah. Um, out in the yard, Carlos is playing with slugs. Yep. Slugs are a recurring visual yep. motif in this <laughs> movie. Um, and Jaime is helping Jacinto with the fence and watching Carlos. Yep. And at this time, Carlos sees a ghost. Yeah, just right out there. Right away, he's just standing in the doorway of the kitchen just being a ghost. Yeah. And Carlos is just kind of looking at him like, what the fuck? And then like, what's that? a big chicken noise happens. <laughs> <laughs> and he kind of glances away and looks back. And, and of, of course, course, the ghost is gone. Because yeah, he's a ghost. We, and that's how a ghost how happens. Um, so he kind of goes to investigate. He goes to look in the kitchen and it seems empty. Yep. Um, but then there is a shadow of somebody going downstairs into the cellar. Mm -hmm. uh, but... Before he can investigate, Carlos is interrupted by two small boys, yeah. Galvez and Owl. Yep. Uh, Galvez talks a lot, and Owl doesn't talk at all. Yes. They're very and cute. Galvez has, like, like goggles. goggles. Yeah. He's so cute. <laughs> um, and he's like, hey, you're new. 
do you have any food? <laughs> yeah, he's asking about like fruit. And yeah, he's like, do you that. have anything to eat at all? <laughs> yeah. And uh, Carlos says, no, but I have comic books. Do you want to see them? And they're like, yeah, shit. Let's see the comics. <laughs> Um, and as they leave, we can see the reflection of the ghost boy in the window watching yeah. them. Yeah. It's great. I yeah. love that he's just like, here's the ghost. We've gotten it yeah. out of the way. There yeah. is indeed a ghost. Yes. Don't worry about it. This is like the the first movie, I think, where we see what, what becomes like Guillermo's like monster thesis almost. Right. The monsters aren't monsters. Yeah. He almost has to spoon feed it to the audience here a little bit more than he does later on. Right. And of course, it has that fun sort of gothic. Uh, yeah. You know, it's a, like it's a little bit of a surprise. Like, yeah. oh, it turns out the ghost was trying to help them. Yeah. And that's a whole thing. Yeah. Um, but he's but just he's like. Not, he's not like stringing you along. Is there a ghost? Is there not a ghost? It he's is just a like, ghost. He's just like, here's the ghost. You yes. already know. It's That's not the mystery here. Nope. This place is haunted. <laughs> Yep. From the beginning. Uh, <laughs> no question about it. So, um, inside, um, Ayala is getting sort of patched up by mm -hmm. Casares, and he's arguing with Carmen about taking Carlos. Yep. She's like, I can't take another kid. The kids here are already starving. Like, I can't take care of him. Yep. Um, and he's like, come on, your husband was so great. You gotta take this kid. He was a true leftist. <laughs> a is what true he leftist. Uh, and she's she's resentful yes, towards she, her husband for dying. Right. Well, and like she feels like, you know, this was his cause and now she's been saddled with it and he's not even here exactly. anymore. Like he yeah. died and left this to her. Yep. And it's not necessarily what she wanted for her life. Um, But she says, you know, the nationalists could come any day, that it's, you know, dangerous times and they have this gold and she can't even use it. She doesn't want to keep it. She's like, so take she's the gold. like, take the gold, and I'll take the kid. Yes. Um. And they tell her he can die out there, or he can starve in here. Yep. And, and she's that's, like, that gets her. Fine. Yeah. Because she does have a very gentle heart. She's actually somewhere in there. Right. She's kind of hard, but she's very kind too. She's complicated. Uh -huh. I will get into yes, it. Yes, she is she's, very complicated. She's complicated. But like she's really kind with these boys. That's like, true. She's not a harsh headmistress. Yeah. Like, she's really she cares about these boys and she doesn't you know, she's not that that, that character of like the Yeah, 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 yeah. No, the strict that's true. headmistress. Like, yeah. she's she's nice to the boys. Yeah. Uh maybe a little yeah. Yikes. <laughs> Yikes. Yeah, we'll we'll get to that. Yeah, it's weird. This is why I'm like I'm not so gung ho about her. Yeah, I'm not but... saying that she's great, but I, but she is kind. Right. Yeah. Uh. Okay. She's not gonna just let anything happen to this kid. She's like, okay, I'll I take care. It. She cares. Yeah. She cares yeah. a lot. Yeah. Um. So out in the courtyard, Jacinto uh, tells the boys to go to class. He yells at them and tells them to go to class because he's Jacinto. Yeah. Uh. And Galvez is. Trying to trade his marbles for Carlos's comics. One of the marbles is made of snot? Yeah, owl's snot. He made uh. it out of snot and dirt. <laughs> it's very weird. Um, and Jaime comes up and immediately starts picking on Carlos. Yeah. And takes his comic book. Yep. Um, and they have a fight until they notice that Ayala is 
leaving. He just puts down Carlos's suitcase in the middle of the yard and, and leaves, just walks just, away, just dips out. And Carlos immediately realizes what's happening. Yeah, that he's being left behind. And he chases after him. He picks up a suitcase. His suitcase breaks and falls yeah. open. It's very, very yeah. sad. Uh, Carlos is just crying, standing yeah. there. He's abandoned. Um, and Carmen tells Casares to go and see to Carlos. Yeah. All these C names and J names. Yeah. It's a whole thing. Um, and it, you know, she's like, you guys will get along. And it's true. Yeah. yeah. Um, and Casares is very nice. He's, he's so sweet. He is the sweetest grandfather. Yeah. We love our grandfather, yeah. Federico Lupi. <laughs> Forever. He's even cuter here than in Kronos Because somehow. he's not a gross vampire. That's why. He's just a nice man. <laughs> he's just a lonely, nice man. He do- he's one of the more uncomplicatedly likable adult characters. Right? Yeah, no, he is. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, he he does a little bit of, of I don't know, charlatanism. But yeah. it's like, they gotta make ends meet. He's, he's the one who seems pretty harmless. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, entirely. He just really wants to take care of everyone. Yeah. Um, but he sees that Carlos has been reading the Count of Monte Cristo, and he's like, oh, has Edmond Dantes broken out of prison yet? And, like, he starts just talking to yeah. him about this book to sort of distract him. It's yeah. very sweet. It's a really great tactic for calming kids down. Absolutely. Uh, he knows what he's doing here. Yep. Um, and, yeah, he, uh, Carlos is like, does he, does he get out? And, um... Casares is like, I don't know. You're gonna have to keep yep. reading and then tell me what happens. It's it's really sweet because I'm like, yeah. of course he's read the Count of Monte Cristo. Yeah, he knows what happens. yeah. Uh, it's cute. It's, it's a cute little scene. It's wonderful. Um, back inside, uh, Casares is fixing the suitcase, and he has kind of a chat with Carlos. You know, mm-hmm. Carlos is like, hey, like, why can't I be with my dad? Why am I being left here? Right. Um, because he doesn't know that his father has died. Yeah. And. Casares uh, is like, you're just gonna stay here with us for a while, but it's gonna be okay. You know, we'll we'll take yep. care of you, and it's all gonna be fine. We get some kind of exposition. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he tells uh, Carlos who Carmen is. Yep. That she's the headmistress, and Carlos immediately asks if that's his girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> sadly, no. Yeah. Um, but it's just a very sweet scene of Casares yeah. like calming him down and making him feel welcome and safe uh and the next carmen is showing him around she tells him that his he's responsible for his own bar (laughs) of soap and it has to last him for a year so you better not lose it um and she shows him to the dormitory room which is like really it's cavernous yeah it's like long and and narrow and it looks like the hospital room at the beginning of mimic it kind of (laughs) does i love the tile floor yeah but it's this room that kind of makes me think that this may have been a monastery that that checks out because it almost seems like a church sanctuary yeah it does it's huge yeah and it's it's huge and very it's larger than it needs to be right because there's not very many boys living here yeah it's full of beds but most of them are empty yep um and like this is the first really dramatic music that we get in the movie mm-hmm. it is a big dramatic moment like, this is scarier than the ghost <laughs> it is because like this is the scariest thing in carlos's yeah. life like this is where he has to live now and he yeah. it's unfamiliar and like intimidating yeah. um so she shows him his bed and it is bed number 12 mm-hmm. um 
and she he asks her why there are so many empty beds and she says well some boys try to run away but i wouldn't recommend it because it is very far to get to the next yeah it doesn't seem like the kind of place you would want to run away from right but it's like if you're desperate and you're hungry and you're alone some some kids just right certainly make bad choices um but she gets his key for his locker from her key ring and she notices something is wrong yeah and this is a very mysterious moment for us at this time yes but she gets this look on her face like what the hell yeah um but she's in the middle of something so she takes off his key and says here's your key to your locker uh you know don't you understand this this isn't a prison there are no bars like she's really trying to make it like listen i know you don't want to be here but this isn't a punishment right we're just all doing the best that we can right (laughs) um and the boys all run in (laughs) at this moment and jaime is across the way yeah and his little toady i think his name is marcos right is, uh, is like, like sitting next to him and like trying to look all imposing uh, right and he's like hey the new kid's in santi's bed and Jaime's like Ugh. yeah he doesn't want to talk about it <laughs> he doesn't like this um and uh we cut to jacinto later that night he is like in i don't know what room they're in but he's eating dinner with those two kind of shady gentleman yeah pig and the other guy the other guy who i don't know if ever i don't he's, name. Yeah, yeah he's certainly not named in the text um but he's talking about how he wants to leave and conchita says that they're gonna get married and get a farm in granada yes and this is our introduction to her i think this is the first time we see her in yes film. it is um and they're like oh really like do you know anyone in Granada? Does Conchita have family in Granada? And Jacinto says, I don't need anyone else. I'm fine on my own. And she's like overhearing this as yeah, she's like gone walk- to get something or Yeah, other. she's walked out of the room. And um, yeah, that's not a nice thing to hear your boyfriend say. No. Uh, but they're like, oh yeah, you've always been fine on your own without any parents. <laughs> <laughs> and Jacinto's like, thanks for bringing it up, guys. Uh, but now we know oh Jacinto mm-hmm. is also an orphan he probably grew up here yeah which will be confirmed shortly um so we see these guys getting into their truck and leaving um and they are talking to Jacinto about the gold yep um and they're like there's no fucking gold here and he's like no I know there's gold here I've seen it I just need to get to it I have two new keys to try in the safe tonight. Yep. And they're like, all right, dude, whatever. <laughs> um, and they leave. And Conchita tells Jacinto that she does not like those guys, that they creep her out. Yeah. Good That's read. Pretty, pretty reasonable. Yeah, yeah. Good read on these bad men. Um, and Jacinto talks about how much he hates the orphanage. Yep. Uh, and he, when it was, when he was a kid, he would, he dreamed of becoming rich so that he could destroy it, which is kind of a callback to Count of Monte Cristo. Ooh. Because Edmond Dantes, when he was rich, he thought, I'm going to go back to the Chateau d'If and tear it down. There you go. Of course, he became a healthy person and decided that he didn't need to do that anymore. <laughs> that he could live with his past rather than having to destroy it. Jacinto is not... Jacinto is not Edmond Dantes. No. 
<laughs> um, but that's a kind of a cool little connection there. Yeah. Um, very subtle. Never, never like a direct line drawn between those two things. But at that point, when he said that, I was just like, "Oh shit, he's a capitalist." Mm-hmm. He's he's at odds with the with the other people in this in this building. Yeah, these leftists, these yeah. communists, yeah, uh, these reds, yeah. So, um, she's like, "Well, just let it go," you know, and right. Dante style, and he 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 expresses that he is ashamed about being an orphan. He doesn't yeah. want anyone to know that he came from here. He has to destroy it to, to get rid of any evidence that that ever happened. Yeah. Um, and she said, she's, it's cold out. He says, let's, let's go to my room. Um, and the wind blows across the bomb and we get a very cool crane shot moving across the yard to Carmen watching them. Yeah. There's a lot of, there's not a lot of plot in this movie. It's just a lot of complicated relationships. It's just elaborately laid out so that you, the information is given to you in, in a, Mm-hmm. deliberate pace very deliberate it's it's just portioned out so meagerly because like we won't see him actually steal the keys until later right we don't know where he's got yeah and like but by this you, time we kind of have at forgotten. this point you can you could figure it out you could the pieces are there but because, like you like, might not have noticed that exactly. carmen saw something weird about the yep. keys you probably forgot about that even if you did notice yeah, exactly. like but all the yeah. bits are here and then this carmen watching them it's yep. like why is she watching them yeah when you when you first watch it you're like wait What's, why, why is she, is she standing watching there because she knows that he's taking her keys and also they're fucking yeah <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so there's it's lots of complicated yes. feelings in this yes. woman right now. Yeah. Um. Okay. In the dormitory room, Carlos is crying in bed. Poor yeah. boy. Um. And he sees. Uh. Is this when he sees Santi's yes, name carved into the bed? Yep. He's like Santi. Who's Santi? Yep. And then a spooky sound happens. Yeah. And it makes him sit up. And there's like curtains between the mm-hmm. beds, and, the and there's one, a there's like a, there's a, shadow. a shadow. There's a hand, and it's like oh, and so he like he's he, like who's he there? Draws Who back is the there? Curtain and and he, there's nobody. Nobody, of course, it's a ghost. Yeah. Um, and there's the bed beside him is empty. He like oh, he pulls yeah. back the sheets just to be sure. Completely he, like, empty. Looks under the bed. Yeah. He. Yeah. It's. Gosh, the, this scene is great. The, the suspense, the tension is so... I mean, this whole sequence, like, goes on getting more and more tense for, like, right, quite so some slow. time. It's so slow. Like, only it's, a couple things like happen. It's, like, 15 minutes of movie. <laughs> going that much. But it's a while. Because, yeah, he, like, he It feels looks, like it's about that much. He looks in the bed. No one's there. He goes down onto the yeah. floor, looks under all the beds. And then there's a crashing noise. Yep. He goes and looks. And a pitcher at the end of a bed has tipped over. And then another one tips yeah. over. Um, and he goes and looks at that other one down on the ground. He's kind of looking at the water. Little wet footprints. footprints. Little wet footprints. Yeah. And at this point, some other boys wake. And we hear pip, 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 little yep. footsteps out in the hall. <laughs> pat, 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 pat. Uh, little wet footprints. Yeah. Ooh, spooky. Um, and Jaime comes up and is like, hey, you got to get more water because you spilled all this water. <laughs> and this tips off the crazy 15 minute like yes. sequence just about um and he's like well he's like am i gonna get caught and Jaime's like no no one's ever gotten caught and one of the boys is like well what about the one who sighs 
And, and in in, yeah. in English, it's a very inelegant title. Yeah. Because I think in Spanish, it's just La Suspira. Yeah. The sighing one. There's no way to say it as good in English. No, La yeah. Suspira. It's like a great name for a ghost. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. They're the one who sighs. Yeah. Um, and Jaime's like, shut up. <laughs> um, and Carlos is like, what a, What about La Suspira? And, Je- and Jaime's like, what are you scared? He like he's pretty homophobic about it. He's also. yeah, he's really mean. Yeah, bullies him a lot. And Carlos is like, well, whatever. Uh, there's two pictures, so you have to come too. Pretty good. Uh huh. Because he's like, what are you scared? Yeah, he throws it right back at him. Yeah, Carlos is he's pretty smart. Yeah, he's pretty clever. Like he's yeah. not guileless. Um, you know, he's the new kid, but he's scrappy. Yeah. Uh. So we get a cute shot of these boys all piled up in the window, <laughs> watching Carlos and Jaime go out into the courtyard. They're just like yep. all in the wind. It's so cute. These little guys. They're so little. <laughs> They're so cute. Um, and the boys cross the courtyard and Jaime talks about the bomb. Yeah, that it might not actually be disabled. Well, he thinks that it right. is. Because, oh, they said that they came and they disabled it, but I don't think it is. I think it's still waiting. And he kind of talks about it like it's a person. He says it pretty sincerely, yeah, too. He like, this is, like, the first sincere thing we've heard him say. Uh-huh. He thinks it's still alive. Yeah. He thinks she's still yeah, that's, alive. Yeah, that's his words, yeah. Um. Yeah, it's a very interesting moment from Jaime. Yeah. Um, and as they're looking at the bomb, Conchita comes out into the yard, and so they hide behind hide. Yep. the bomb. The bomb. And they watch, um, Conchita goes into Jacinto's room, and they kind of, the boys kind of watch <laughs> him through the windows. They start making out. Yeah, they kind of peep on him. Uh-huh. Yeah. And, like, Carlos just is like, whoa. Um, and Jaime looks upset. Yeah. Like, in a very subtle way. It's some pretty good acting. Yeah. Where it's like, he doesn't look, like, mad, but he doesn't look like he's having a good time yeah. watching this. Yeah. <laughs> um... And Carlos is kind of just like, whoa, adults making out. Like, Ooh. <laughs> They're just peeking up because yeah. he's all small. Um, <laughs> it's cute. And Jaime's like, come on, let's go. Yeah. Um, and they have to squeeze into the kitchen. The door is just locked with a chain. So there's like a bit of room for them to squeeze in, but it's tight. Yeah, it's like a little more than a foot of space yeah. that they just kind of squeeze through. Um, Jaime goes to the uh, water pump and fills up his pitcher and says he's going to go yep. wait outside. Uh, and while filling his pitcher, uh, while Carlos is filling his pitcher, this rack of scissors. Yeah. I don't know why it's a rack of scissors. I'm not it, sure why they have so many pairs of rusty scissors hanging from a rack. Because it looks creepy. It does. Cool. And it falls down it onto the table. Sound. Big clatter. Um, yeah, I don't know why they have so many scissors. It's <laughs> a lot of old rusty scissors that nobody seems to use. <laughs> Uh, but Jacinto hears this noise and he yep. goes to check and he brings a gun. Yep. Um, and Carlos tries to pick it all up and it's very sweet. It's like, well, honey, you didn't make it fall. It fell by itself. Yeah. Just leave it. Just hide. Yeah. Like, you didn't do that. You don't. It's so, It's clearly someone heard. Just leave it alone. It fell by itself. Mm-hmm. Um, he's sweet. Uh, but he can't, he can't do this. Of course. And so he sees that Jacinto is coming and he hides uh, in a little oven? Yeah, it's it's like a, a baking oven. Yeah. yeah. Um, and Jacinto comes in and he looks around, sees the fallen rack of scissors. Yeah. And then he's like, well, 
while I'm in here. <laughs> um, he lights a lantern and goes to this secret wall panel and uncovers yeah. the hidden safe. Yeah. He kind of looks around, cagey-like, making sure... That nobody's there. Nobody's there, and he tries one of the keys. And it doesn't work. Yep. Um, He's very frustrated by this. Yes, he is. He thought, this is the one. Um, And the wind suddenly blows very hard and puts out his lamp. Yeah. Um, And he looks at the cellar door. It's interesting how basically... Everyone in this movie is suspicious is is rather um, superstitious. Yes, in their own way. Yes, to different extents. Different extents and about different things, but like, you know, the first thing that Hasinto yeah. does when something spooky starts happening is he looks, looks down at the cellar. <laughs> yep. Okay, Hasinto. Um, but he uh, just leaves at this point because he's just spooked and he's like i better i better get out of here yeah. um it's actually a great sort of a cut there of him like looking at the cellar door and then of him chaining, chaining up the, the kitchen yeah. uh, and um out in the yard jaime is hiding behind the bomb yep and um jacinto drops his cigarette butt on the ground and leaves then jaime is like a cigarette, cigarette. <laughs> yeah <laughs> um so carlos climbs out of his little hidey hole uh, and he hears the radio in Jacinto's room turn back on, so he knows he's, yeah, he's in the clear. he's safe again. And something calls his name from the cellar. Yeah. And because he's Carlos, he follows the yeah. sound, uh, leaving his picture behind. This cellar is very spooky, very gothic. Yeah. It's extremely cavernous. Um... Yeah, it looks crypt-like. Yeah, it does. Uh, I don't know necessarily that it is a crypt, but... I mean, it, it's it's it, under the kitchen. Yeah, but <laughs> it's just got a big cistern in it. Yeah. I don't know. Which don't seems know. to be collecting rainwater from, it, like, a drain, possibly? I don't know much about Spanish historical no, architecture, me so... neither. I couldn't say what's going on here. Yeah. Um, I also don't know how much of this movie was shot in like pre-existing locations versus sets. Yeah. So it's hard to say. I do not know. It's a strange location. It is. Yes. Very odd looking. Strange crypty cellar with a big. Big, big cistern, big cistern. in it. Really gross brown water. Yeah. Um, and Carlos is like, hey, who are you? Um, there's like little footsteps and you just barely see someone kind of hide behind a pillar. Kind of some skitterings and yeah. all those things. And yeah. Carlos is like, hey, who are you? Do you live down here? Like he's <laughs> ready to be like, oh, there's someone who's like hiding and sneaking around. Sure. Um, some kind of secret boy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and at this point we see Santi close up. Yeah. Because he's hiding behind a pillar and we just fully see his face. Yeah. It's a good look. Yeah, it's, it's a, a good. Ghost. It's a good ghost look. It's great. Um, He's got like some wacky contacts. It seems no like. eyebrows, because that always makes somebody yep. look scarier. Mm-hmm. Um, and his very good head wound. Yeah, and there's like sort of particles floating around yes. him. Yes, gross suspended particles in water. Yeah, uh, his blood is flowing upward. Yeah, like it's in the water, and his head wound almost looks like it's like. It's cracked. Yeah, like cracked porcelain. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's a cool, it's a cool look. 
Um, Carlos looks around, he starts kind of, he's almost around the pillar, and then Santi is right behind him. Yep. And this is the goofiest moment in the movie. <laughs> it's just a little too much, I think, because as uh, Carlos turns around, Santi disappears, and we get this, like, shrieking woman sound effect. Right, yeah. And it's like, why? <laughs> we didn't need that. <laughs> Like, this isn't a jump scare. Yeah. What is this sound? Like, who is yeah, this it's woman? A, it's an odd sound. It just it feels sure. out of place. It's just there to spook you, I guess. Right, but it's like, it, we already saw him. Yeah. We just saw him very clearly. I'm not sure what you're trying to yeah. that's do Yeah, that's an odd thing. Here. I don't know. I don't know, but it's fine. Because right after that is very, very cool. Because the yeah. blood is lingering in the air. And Carlos, like... He reaches out and he touches it. Yeah. And then it's on his hand. And then he's like... Oh, and then we hear um, Santi sigh. Yeah. And he says, many of you will die. And Carlos is like, no. He doesn't like that at all. He doesn't like it. This is too scary. And he runs um, and he tries to get out of the kitchen. But Jacinto has locked the door a little tighter, it seems. So it's harder to squeeze out. He's struggling to squeeze through. And he's like, Jaime, help, Jaime. And Jaime's just smoking the cigarette butt. And he's like, peace, and just leaves. He's like, you bastard, Jaime. (laughs) Because he is. Yeah. Um, So clever Carlos takes off his shirt so he can more easily squeeze through. Yep. Um, and, And he actually manages it. Yes. But Santi is coming. Yeah. You can hear him coming. Yeah. And he finally squeezes out, but then he can't reach the pitcher. He's set it yeah. down too far away and he's reaching and he's reaching. At the last second before Santi arrives, he, he gets, gets out it. with the pitcher. And as he's like, Whew, in he the like clear. spends some time like peeking in there and sitting, and I'm just like, get out of get there. Out, get out, get out. Yeah. Um, but uh he's finally out. He's crossing the yard, and the boys are up in the window with their slingshots. And it looks like Galvez is going to shoot him, but he doesn't. Yep. But Marcos does. Yep. And he breaks the pitcher, immediately Jacinto catches him. Yep. And he yells at him. Yep. (laughs) And cut to gramophone. Um, Yeah. This is like the longest, like sustained amount of time on, on a sequence. <laughs> yes. Uh, uh, Casares is getting ready for his day, and he is reciting poetry. It's like the most dapper morning routine oh, scene ever. What a charming old gentleman! <laughs> I love him. He's like got his ties pressed between these books, mm-hmm. and he's like choosing one and all this stuff. It's really cute. Yeah. Um, and as he's reciting this love poem, he kind of touches the wall, mm-hmm. and we pass through the wall and see that Carmen is in bed on the other side. Listening to him recite his poetry. Yeah. Um, and at this point she gets up and she puts on her leg. Yep. Um, at breakfast, Conchita is distributing something. I tried to figure out what this is. She- uh, It's it, a grain she, of strength. A grain of strength. Like, yeah, she says this, you know, she, as she's, like, sort yeah. of ritualistically feeding some small thing to each boy in turn. I have no idea what these little guys are. I just assumed it was, like, a grain of, like, barley or something, like. 
But the way she's distributing them so ritualistically is so interesting. I just assumed it was a Catholic thing. But, but it's I like, she's not, it's not Eucharist. Like, yeah, what is I, it? No clue. I can't, like, I, I was trying to look it up and I couldn't is figure out. Is there no record of what this is? I mean, especially, like, under that, like, I just tried to google that phrase right be- but because it's translated it's right hard to, Who's say. to say what is yeah. I-, I don't speak spanish and um yeah i just you know i was getting like stuff about like wood grain strength and i'm like <laughs> that's not helpful. <laughs> so i don't know what she's giving these boys yeah but this is an important like morning thing. ritual i guess for them in this yes and it'll be called back to so yeah. whatever the hell it's some kind of um care that yeah. is being given to these boys. Sure. It, it seems ritualistic and possibly superstitious. Like it's not, maybe doesn't actually have merit. We don't yeah, know. Yeah, I'm so, so curious what this is. And I I don't know if maybe a Hispanic audience has a better idea of what yeah, it is. No but clue. I, I just don't know. I'm too white. Yeah, same. No idea. <laughs> um, but it's, it's very nice. And... Um, Jaime seems to especially appreciate this. Yeah. Um, and Casares has Carlos sort of up at the front of the room and is trying to ask him, like, hey, so who was with you last night? You were right. by yourself. Who went with you? And he's like, no, I was by myself. I was by myself. Yeah, he's not, um, he's not biting at all. And uh, the boys at the breakfast table are like, he's not gonna, he's not gonna squeal. And Jacinto, or uh, Jaime, all these names, Jaime is like, he'll squeal. He's yeah. gonna, he's gonna rat us out. Um, but Carlos maintains that he was alone. So Casares goes back and is like, hey, Carmen, he's not gonna fucking talk. Right. This kid is a clam, but I have a breakfast plan. <laughs> <laughs> I love his breakfast plan. It's so cute, really. It's really clever. Yeah. He knows these boys. Like, yeah. he knows kids exactly. really well. And Federico Lupi is the perfect man to blame. <laughs> this old grandpa that just knows kids. Yes. It's great. Um, And so he gives the boys permission to eat and then tells Carmen, these boys are so hungry, only the guilty boys are going to look up because they're going to want to know what Carlos said. And that's exactly what happens. Immediately, Marcos, Galvez, Jaime, and Owl look up, mm-hmm. and Casares is like, all right, you boys, come on. Yep. <laughs> um, <laughs> so they are being punished. Um, the smaller boys are working together to take out a huge crucified Jesus. Yeah. And kind of like a cartoonish one, almost. It's really um, lurid. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Yep. <laughs> it's very Catholic. Yep. And um, Galvez says, you know, I knew you wouldn't squeal. And Carlos says, yeah, Casares tricked me. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, and they, he's smart. Yeah, yeah. They're just Not like, Cazares yeah, he's smart. Smart. We know it wasn't you. Yeah. They're, he's they're tricky. He's a tricksy guy. <laughs> um... And they carry this Jesus out into the yard and kind of lean it up against the wall. Yeah. And Galvez is like, shit, for a dead guy, he sure weighs a shitload. <laughs> and of course, it's very funny and cute, but also kind of metaphoric. Oh, yeah. Kind of metaphoric, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, this is like the logical end point for, for aggressively blatant Catholic symbolism in, in Del Toro films. Yes. And, you know... <laughs> His Catholicism 
regularly returns, but this yeah. is like a big moment. This is like so much that 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 there's an immediately like stated plot reason for it. Right. <laughs> um so yeah, cuz inside Kazara says Christ in the yard and John the Baptist in here are things that bad. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Carmen responds if the new Spain is catholic and apostolic. So basically they're trying to dress up this orphanage yeah. to look like a catholic institution right. to sort of which is another thing in. that makes you wonder, was it a monastery or something? Why do they have all these religious yeah. things around? Like I don't know. I I wish that I I sh- I should learn more about the Spanish Civil War. I don't right. know very much about it. All you need to know for this movie to work is Oh, encroaching fascism. Yeah, fascism's coming and the leftists yeah. are on the run. Yeah, that's all you need to know. But I'm curious about the sort of religious yeah. uh, climate of that yeah. war. Because clearly Absolutely. it's a thing. It was a whole thing. Um, Out in the yard, Jacinto and Conchita are setting up the radio. Um, and it's not really working. And then he like hits it. Yeah. Fonzie style. Yeah. <laughs> to make it work. And he's like, see, I told you it would work. Yeah. Um, and Conchita wants to dance with him mm-hmm. and he doesn't want to dance because he's Jacinto and he's Duh. too cool to dance. And Jaime watches them angrily. Yeah. Jaime is always angrily watching someone. It's true. Um, he's angry about it a lot. He's an angry boy. Yep. Um, Carmen is continuing to redecorate. She's switching out some paintings in her office. And she says that Ayala said that Catalonia will fall and then Madrid. That this is just, this is a, this is a, a yeah. already lost fight. Yeah. And, um, the boys talk of a ghost, but Carmen thinks that they are the ghosts. Not subtle. Not that subtle, <laughs> No. Um, so, yeah, there, there's just, I mean, first of all, it's, like, foreshadowing that they are all going to die. Right. But, you know, the idea of, like, we, our time is over. Right. We, you know, we're we're just going through the motions at this point, and, you know, we're, we're lost in this new world. Yep. This awful new fascist world. Um, out in the yard, Carlos is talking to Galvez, and he's like, hey, thanks for not shooting me last night <laughs> here's a toy frog <laughs> it's like a cute little mechanical bouncy frog yeah they're like, delighted by yeah. this frog it's really cute um and marcos and jaime walk by doing their own punishment chores yeah and marcos wonders why they're laughing and jaime says that they're assholes <laughs> he's just an angry young yeah. man yep um Back in the office, Carmen tells Cesaris that he should go back to Argentina while he still has the chance. Apparently, yep. uh, Cesaris is from Argentina. And um, he says, no, I think that Europe could still intervene. That, you know, we could right. still be rescued. And Carmen's like, yeah, fat chance. Um, and she she says, you know, you're just like my husband. And he says, no, I'm not like that. He says that he found his place 20 years ago and he stayed. Yeah. And he kind of holds her pinky. Yeah, it's really cute. It's so cute. Um, And she doesn't really respond, but she doesn't pull away. Yeah. It's very complicated between these two. It's extremely, extremely They've just been doing this dance for for, 20 years. Yeah, yep. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Yeah. 
And it is kind of interesting that he says this now, that he's like, no, I stayed. Yeah. Because he's still, at this point, not actually fully committed, yeah. after all this time, to being here. Yeah. Um, he's just committed to her. Um, out in the yard, um, Galvez and Owl are playing with the frog. <laughs> Jaime takes it because he just steals everyone's stuff. Yeah. And he asks where Carlos is. Yep. Um, we see where Carlos is. He's back in the cellar. And yeah, he's crouching by the cistern and he's trying to talk to Santi. Yep. He's just fully in this ghost story. Um, he's like, hey, I want to talk to you. Are you, do you live down there? In right. the water? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, and suddenly Marcos comes up behind him and grabs him. Mm-hmm. And Jaime accuses him of squealing. Mm-hmm. And he pulls out a knife. Yeah. And uh, he's got a little folding knife. And he tells Marcos to put him on the ground. And when he lands, Carlos grabs a faucet handle and throws it at Jaime. <laughs> and he falls in the water. Yep. And they're like, he can't swim. And Carlos, and Carlos immediately dives in to yes. save him. These boys. Yeah. They're, they're like these childhood Enmities are so interesting. Well, because it's it's all kind of fluid, right? It's so fluid, and it's all it's kind of a game. Yeah, well, but it's kind of vicious. Also, it's a very mean game. Yeah, well, and I mean, I think like Carlos is acting in self defense, right? When he throws the thing, right? And then he's like, even after all the the, the shit that he's been put through by this kid, he's just like, well, I don't want him to drown. I guess I better save him. Right, well, and it kind of reminds <laughs> me of, like, siblings fighting and then someone actually gets hurt and you're like, and don't tell mom, yeah, don't tell exactly, mom. No, you're fine, yeah, you're fine, it's, you're fine. It's a lot like, like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Immediately yeah. not mad anymore. Yeah. Just like, no, no, you're good. You're okay, you're okay. Exactly. Here, here, here. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. It gets a little too real. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, uh, Carlos jumps in and saves him and, um, Underwater, Santi is watching. Yep. Uh, and the boys kind of help pull Jaime out. And at this moment, Jacinto comes in and is like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. And he yells at them. Uh, and he sees the knife and he asks whose it is. And Carlos, because he is pure of heart and whatever, mm-hmm. is like, that's my knife. Yeah, he does not squeal. Well, and Jaime looks terrified. Yeah. Like, you, see, it cuts to Jaime, and he is, like, white as a sheet. Like, I mean, first of all, he just, you know, almost drowned. But in, the, also, in the most like, disgusting water. But he looks genuinely terrified of Jacinto. Yeah. And so Carlos is like, that's my knife. Um, And... Jacinto says, if anything happens to you, I get the blame. Mm-hmm. And he and cuts immediately him. cuts him. Very cruel. It's like such a contrast. Because he doesn't really care about them. Yeah. He just doesn't want to get in trouble for being negligent. Yep. Um, and he tells them all to get out and threatens them if they tell anyone what happened. Yeah, and he's terrifying. He's terrifying. He's awful. Um, and then he just kind of stands there looking at the cistern. Yeah. I think he's also upset because he doesn't want anyone down there because yeah. he doesn't want anyone to see Santi. Yeah, exactly. So, like, uh, he, he doesn't even want to be down there. He doesn't. He's scared <laughs> of it. Um, so back in Cesaris' office, um, he's fixing up Carlos's face and he kind of teases him about getting into so much trouble in sure. such a short time. 
It's kind of understandable from his perspective. He's just like, this kid is constantly in mischief. just got here. Yeah. Slow down. (laughs) Uh, It's pretty sweet. Yeah. Um, Because he's very nice about it. Yeah. Um, And he asks if Carlos has read any more of the Count of Monte Cristo. And Carlos asks if Casares believes in ghosts. And he's like, there aren't any ghosts in the Count of Monte Cristo. (laughs) And Carlos says, no, I think I saw one here. And Casares is like, well, as you may have gathered, (laughs) I am a man of science. uh, But this is a very superstitious country. And especially in bad times like this, people start believing in crazy things. Uh, And he shows him the... Oh my. The babies. Yeah. The the, um, the, the fetus jars. Yes. And um he the, you can see that one of these babies apparently uh suffered from spina bifida. Right. And he says, you know, the, the locals call this the devil's backbone, that Ooh, these are children. Drop. Yeah, roll credits. <laughs> 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 and uh he's like, you know, this they, they, they say this is the devil's backbone that these are children that were never meant to be born, but this is just superstition. Like, this is just disease and poverty. Right. But people get scared and they start believing in superstitious things. Right. Um, and he starts telling Carlos about the limbo water, which yeah. is the rum and spices that these babies are pickled in. Yeah. And he says that he sells it as a panacea. Yep. And that's uh, how the orphanage is allowed to keep going. That's like, basically their livelihood. Yeah. Is selling this... This gross baby gross water. baby rum yeah. as a panacea to superstitious locals. Yeah, to uh, heal various ailments, a- inclu- <laughs> including, including Apparently. <laughs> apparently. Uh, <laughs> you know, guys, just, you know, when they get to a certain age, they just will do anything... Not that I would know anything about that. <laughs> um, it's, at this point, it's like a little, you're kind of like, dude, does this little kid need to know this much? Like, but you know, I think kind of <laughs> this is how he's like, yeah. he gets these kids trust by being like, we can talk about naughty yeah. things, right? You're yeah. cool, right? And right. like, Carlos is cool. He's right. like, oh, okay. He's like, okay, that <laughs> makes sense. I understand. Thank you for confiding yeah. in me. Yeah. <laughs> um, but he does like a funny hand gesture. Yeah, it's like stuff. this is an eleven-year-old boy. Yeah. It's not like he doesn't know about boners. <laughs> <laughs> he does know about yeah. boners. Yeah. And Casares knows this. And so he's just like, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. You know how it is. Yeah. Um, but it's pretty a moment of levity in this yeah. in this odd like baby pickling scene. That's <laughs> very weird. Um, but he like draws out a little glass of. The limbo water, and he says, "So if you're gonna be superstitious, you might as well go all the way. And Do you want some limbo water for your cut?" And, <laughs> and Carlos he's like, is like, "I don't know if I did see." I don't a ghost. think actually, maybe I probably didn't. Anyway, can I leave now? <laughs> and he's like, "Yeah, go ahead." Uh, it's great. And then he and then Casares looks down at the limbo water and he's, he drinks he, it, yep, he's and we're like, like, "Sure." Well, and it's like. Oh, dude's impotent. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, that is, is the implication. Like, yeah. Oh, he's impotent. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry, Casares. Oh, yeah, that makes it hard. But uh, also, yeah, he's drinking the. the he's limbo drinking water. the limbo water. He knows yeah. that it's a panacea. It's not his still. first time trying it either, because he doesn't really have a reaction. No, he's just like, well, I already poured it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, um, like he has a ladle there. 
Yep. He just has a ladle. Just a ladle, yeah. He drinks this. You wonder, though, like, we see, like, four jars of this stuff. Uh-huh. Of four, four fetus jars. Uh-huh. But then later we see, like, bottles and bottles, bottles and, and bottles. bottles. Like, yeah. is there just, like, a dead baby room like where they just have a ton of this stuff i don't know i think he must like replenish it or something yeah Uh, yeah it's not clear the mechanics of this operation because he says that it's like extremely old rum now because it's been right but it's like well then you would run out exactly yeah it's not clear i don't know just a funny thing it doesn't matter it certainly doesn't it's just funny especially if he's drinking it also right the limbo water is a, is a hard-working visual metaphor, and we don't yes. strictly need to understand the literal the, mechanics of not how at this all, works. Not at all. And it's that's just, a Guillermo del Toro movie. It's the Guillermo del Toro special. It's yes. just a little funny to think about. I was wondering the same thing, and I was like, <laughs> ah, well, yeah, I'm just gonna, just, I'll dismiss yeah, you, that You just thought. go with it. Yeah, you, you just, just go with it. have to. Yes. Uh, so, uh, in bed... Uh, Carlos is sleeping, and we get that same spooky curtain shot. Yeah, but it's just the boys. Yep, and they like cover grab him mouth. and hold him down and cover his yeah. mouth. And he's like, "Oh shit, I'm gonna die!" Yeah, and and uh, oh. I was like, "No, I'm not gonna punch you. <laughs> Shut up, I'm not gonna punch you. Get your comics. We want to read your comics." <laughs> And they have a little hallway party. Yeah, They're, these boys are like, "We're not sleeping tonight. Yeah, it's comic book night." <laughs> Um, and they're just hanging out, chatting, yeah. and, Jaime and Jaime is smoking, is smoking, and he asks to trade his drawing of a naked lady <laughs> for Carlos's cigar <laughs> ring. Right. Um. There's some amusing commentary about the naked lady drawing. Yes. And the inaccuracy there. Yeah, thereof. they're like, that's not right. And he's like, shut up, what do you know? <laughs> um, and then he offers a smudge, like a, a smushed fi- fig cake. <laughs> Yeah, like, it's like, smushed, but it's still pretty good. It doesn't look appetizing. No. Um, and Carlos says, I want my comic back, and you can have this. And Jaime's like, yeah. okay, I'll give it to you tomorrow. Yeah. It's in my locker. Uh, so Carlos gives Jaime the cigar ring. Yes. And then as Jaime goes to sit down, Carlos compliments his drawing. And he says <laughs> that he's very good. And Jaime says that he wants to make comics. Which is very sweet. Yeah. Cute. And um, one of the boys says that slugs are weird and asks what they <laughs> eat. <laughs> uh, <laughs> just, a just, little... just just boy stuff, right? Yeah, like... just boys being boys. But again, slugs are kind of a recurring yep. thing. Slugs are around when Santi is around. Yeah, usually. Usually. Um, and Carlos hears Santi sigh and he says, hey... I think that was the ghost. And Jaime's like, I didn't hear anything. And the other boys are like, no, I heard it. <laughs> but actually, <laughs> yep. Carmen and Jacinto are having sex. Yep. Uh, and he tries to kiss her, but she won't let him. Yep. She knows that this is fucked up. And uh-huh. also she probably resents him a lot because he's a bad person. Yeah. Uh, but he's attractive and she's lonely. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and she says that this is the last time this is going to happen. And he's like, uh, he's like, sure, sure thing. And he gets up to get a cigarette and she tells him not to make any noise. Um, and he's like, oh, are you afraid the old man's going to hear? And she says, I've never been scared, but I'm ashamed. Reasonable. Yes. 
she should be. Yeah. Uh, and while she isn't looking, he switches out some keys on her key ring. Yep. So this is how he's doing this. Yeah. How he's stealing her keys. Um, and Jacinto kind of muses on her being ashamed of him. Uh, but he is the one who can satisfy her sexually when her husband and Casares could not. Yeah. Uh, and he's really rubbing this in. He's being a huge dick about this. I mean, of all the things, this is maybe the most fair. Because I mean, it maybe. Really, it really seems like, to some degree, she did take advantage of him at some point. Certainly. Certainly, she did. Because this it's... started when he was 17. Yes, like... and that's really twisted. I think at this point, he may be the one with the power in the relationship, though. Yeah, it's that's what makes it such a messed up dynamic. Yeah. Even like... more so than just because... Yeah. At it's... one point, at least, she certainly was taking advantage of him. Yeah. But I don't think that's the case anymore. I mean, he's basically only doing it at this point to get keys. Right. And then just, like... To just manipulate her. Yeah. Uh, and because, you know, probably... he we don't, we don't know this for certain, but I imagine Conchita probably doesn't have sex with him. Probably not. She doesn't seem like she would. She doesn't seem like she would. They're not married. Yeah. So he gets to have his pretty girlfriend, but he still gets to have sex with someone. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. kind of how And then, I... like, lord it over her that, that he's the only one who can can do it for her. Yeah. Like, yeah. this is a kind of a mutually abusive relationship. Extremely that, yeah. Yeah. It's And he's, I mean, he's so cruel. Yeah. He's so cruel. Yeah. Uh, and she thinks that she des- deserves that. Like, right. She's like, yes, abuse yeah. me. You're right. Yeah. I'm disgusting. And I mean, you can, again, you can kind of understand it because of how it started with mm-hmm. them. Like, this is the one thing he does where I'm kind of like, I can understand why he would feel this way towards her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but then they have sex again. Again, after she puts her leg yeah, on. Yeah, he helps her put her leg on. Well, and this is great. Um just just metaphors all over the damn place in this movie um because he helps her put her leg on yeah um and he says that casares has been in love with her since before she was a widow um and jacinto was 17 at the time and he says to her they took care of the poetry while i took care of the flesh yeah Ugh. yikes it's yeah. just so it's just every on every level it's a big yikes yeah, it's really twisted. Um, and she says that she doesn't like to think about the leg. Um, that sometimes she can't bear to think about it, but it keeps her on her feet. Yeah. And it kind of feels like she she's... it's like she's calling their sexual relationship a crutch. Exactly. Yeah. It's great. She's like, this is horrible but necessary. I hate this. Yeah. But I can't live without Ugh. it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and they have sex again. Yep. And And then we see Casares alone in his room and, and he, he can definitely hear them and he definitely knows what's he going on. Definitely knows and he looks very sad. Yeah. Uh in the hallway. Yes. 
the boys um, talk about seeing the planes flying overhead. They see lights in the sky and they say, oh yeah, that's the war. Yeah. They just call the planes in the sky the war. Most of them are pretty anti-war except the one kid who's like, the planes make cool sounds. Yeah, I like watching the planes. <laughs> um, and they're like, okay, weirdo. Yeah. Um, and Galvez says that his mother says it's so hot and to dry there that the dead get stuck halfway to heaven. And they're like, oh yeah, like... La Suspira, and Jaime's, Jaime's like, not about it. shut up, stop talking about it, and leaves. <laughs> um, and Galvez is like, okay, so there's a, there's a fucking ghost. Yeah. Jaime doesn't like to talk about it, but there's a ghost. Yeah. Because uh, Santi disappeared the day that the bomb landed, and these boys seem to think that Jaime had something to do with it, because no one will mess with him. Yeah. And, um... And Santi, like, definitely used to be his friend. Santi used to be his friend. And now, like, the grown-ups think that Santi ran away when the bomb fell, that he got scared and ran. Right. Um, and that he either, like, was found by some benevolent people and is alive. Or maybe some cutthroats got him and- And they're so selling his blood to cure rich people's tuberculosis. Yeah, they're like, yeah, that's the thing that happens. They sell children's blood to, oh. to old people. And it's like, what the fuck? It's so matter-of-fact. <laughs> And it's like, it happens, you know, how they do that. Uh, it happens sometimes. And that's a whole mood, huh? Yeah. That's a whole thing. Yeah. It's a uh, whole thing. Uh, Is it just, like, childhood sensationalism? Was this an actual risk? I don't know. But, like, it kind of makes sense in the world that they live in. That, right. like... They are just available to be used and disposed of. Yeah, it does make sense, unfortunately. Yeah, whether or not I mean, it's... that's why they're there, right? Is This is like their only safe like spot. Yeah, yeah, whether this, this phenomenon is literally true, right. it feels true to them. Right, yeah. Uh... It represents how they see the world. Yes. But um, Galvez says, well, since the bomb showed up the night that Santi disappeared, maybe it knows where he is. You should ask the bomb. Okay. And it's just, they're all like, yeah, <laughs> do that. Um, and down the hallway, Jaime is listening to what they're saying. He looks not happy. He looks very sad. Um, we see a brief shot of Santi looking out of the kitchen window at the bomb. Yeah. It's just sort of free of context. Like, yeah. it just, it's just like, and also. Yeah. It's just, it's just a little, uh, what do you call it? A little interstitial. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a great shot though. Yes. Uh, so the next day, Jacinto takes Jaime out to the garage to get gas for the car. Um, and there are many gas cans in there, and they, they take a few of them. Um, and they're loading up the car to go into town. Yep. And they're bringing bottles of limbo water. Yep. Uh, Casares, like, hands them over to Jacinto and is like, don't break any of these. He's very short with him. <laughs> he mad. He jealous. Yeah. Uh, and Jaime is fueling the car quite poorly. This yeah, is a really, bad funnel. It's really sloppy. There's just, like... I mean, and he's, like, pouring it all in the funnel. Just the funnel it's just, sucks. Yeah. It's just, there's just fuel going everywhere. Everywhere. Which kind of, you know, mm. foreshadows maybe. Mm. Yeah. 
Um, and Conchita arrives, yep. uh, and he's like, hey, I found this cigar <laughs> ring, and it's pretty, and I thought you would like it. And she's like, aww. <laughs> yeah. Um, she thinks it's really cute. Yeah, she's she's very touched by this. Yeah. Like, it's really sweet. And, like, her own boyfriend is so shitty to her yeah. that, like, this sweet little boy being, like, yeah. ha- having a little crush, it's, like, it's gotta be really nice. Yeah. She really appreciates yeah. it. Yeah. Because she's a good person. Um, exactly. And Jacinta's like, open the gate, Jaime. And um, there's this very sweet exchange where uh, Conchita says, it's beautiful. And Jaime says, yeah. it looks like real gold, but it isn't. And she says, it looks real to me. And she kisses him on the cheek. It's cute. So sweet. It's cute. Yeah. Uh, and it's just like kind of pure because she seems like such an innocent character right and it's like you know that like nothing would ever right. come of this crush because she's not weird <laughs> she's not weird like she yeah she she would never yeah but she appreciates and yeah she like, sees the the sweetness of it yeah and she yeah. wants to like you know she knows yeah. that it will make him happy and it makes her yeah. happy to be like yeah. kind to him yeah and and it's and it doesn't cross any lines exactly it's just a cute moment it's really really sweet um, and Jacinto's like, what's that? And she says, kid stuff. <laughs> and it's so cute. Yeah. But he's, it, he asks in, like, a jealous way, which yeah, makes yeah. him seem, like, extremely... Pathetic? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and she's just so cute. She's just looking at yeah. him, smiling. Yeah, it's adorable. Um, Jacinto, like, really sometimes feels kind of stunted. Yeah. Even which, in terms of, like, his haircut. Right. He's a grown boy. Yes. He's still just an orphan boy. And yeah. And he's still at the orphanage that he grew up in. Yep. Doing exactly the same things he was doing. He's just a... He's when just he was 17. Overgrown yeah. bully. He's just more powerful and more angry now. <laughs> um, and Casares and Conchita drive away. Um, and this is when we get the classroom lesson about the mammoth hunt. Yes. And we hear Carmen teaching these boys about how early man hunted mammoths by working together in groups. Yep. Hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's hmm. significant. Especially because, like, you see, you know, she has this, like, illustration. They're all and they're carrying, carrying these sharpened sticks. Yeah. And it's like a whole, it's like, they do a mammoth hunt. Yeah. They do a mammoth yeah. hunt later. Um, it's very significant. But she says that they accomplish this by acting in groups and no one can give up. Yep. Um, and she says, imagine the death of a mammoth. It must have been terrible. Wow. Yeah. It's a great moment. And it's like, <laughs> you don't know yet. Yeah, exactly. But it's such great foreshadowing. Yes. Uh, so during the lesson, Carlos is kind of whispering to Jaime, they're friends now. Yeah. Um, and he says, hey, I, when you're making your comics, I could help you write them. And Jaime's like, I don't need anyone. Yeah. My comics are mine. And you're like, oh, no. He's a little Jacinto. Yeah. That's that. Yeah. See, they, their names start with the same initial for a reason. Yes. Just like <laughs> Carlos and Casares and Carmen. Carmen, yeah. We've got Jaime and Jacinto. And yeah. it's like, don't become like, Jacinto. Oh, no. Jaime, don't be him. Yep. Um, and the bell rings. Yep. Uh, and all the boys run out. Yep. Because <laughs> they're boys. <laughs> uh, that night into in the dormitory, um, Carlos sneaks into Jaime's locker and gets his sketchbook. Yeah, and is like just flipping through it. And it's funny, we see the 
the toy frog that yeah. is stolen, and he doesn't take that. Yeah. He just wants to see the sketchbook. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of drawings in there. Um, there's the drawing of the mammoth. The, which is, the mammoth yeah. hunt, which is cute. And there's a drawing of Santi bleeding. With all the blood, yeah. Yeah. And Carlos is like, oh, that's Santi. That's Santi. Uh, so, in town, Casares yeah. is selling the limbo water. This is like the one scene that isn't at the at the orphanage in mm-hmm. the whole film. And I, it's just, it's, I mean, we'll talk about it when we get there, but like, there are so many beats that are exactly the same as Crimson Peak. Yeah. <laughs> and um, also Pan's Labyrinth. Yes. Um, but like going to get the mail in town. Yep. That happens in yeah, Crimson, Crimson Peak. Yeah, in Crimson Peak. Yeah. So, uh, Casares is uh, selling the limbo water and he's getting the mail for the boys. And um, there's some kerfuffle happening, some yelling, and. Casares asks what that is, and the International Brigade has caught some revolutionaries, mm-hmm. and they are being executed against a wall. Yeah. Um, and one of them, Casares sees, is Ayala. Yeah. And he's like, oh, fuck. And, like, yeah. they see each other, and there's a moment of recognition, and a man that nearby, he's just, like, one of the guys that's yeah. around, and he's like, hey, is that a friend of yours, doctor? And Casares just like, kind of no. shakes his head, no, I don't know him. Yeah, but um, he's, like, shaking every time somebody gets shot. Yes. Yeah, he just, like, a huge yeah. jump. And it shows also how long it takes to get to and from the town because it is nighttime. It is nighttime. Yeah. Yeah, this is great setup for future Everything, problems. Everything, yeah. So, um, Carlos, back in the yard, yep. asks the bomb to show him where Santi is. And can you believe it? There's a big clanging noise and the wind blows and a ribbon yep. detaches and blows into what I think is a shed. Yeah, it's like a doorway of some kind. Yeah, it, it's not the kitchen. It's some kind of shed storage room thing. I think it's the same place where the, the where we see that the gas and stuff is kept. Yeah, maybe it's attached to the garage or yeah. something. Um, but he follows the ribbon and Santi is there facing the wall. Yeah. And... He he asks Santi to talk to him and says that he doesn't want anyone to die. And Santi repeats, many, many of you will die. die. And turns and starts coming towards him. And Carlos is like, actually, no. And, and he just, just runs, runs away. Um, and the bomb is just looming yep. in the yard. Um, Carlos runs into the hallway and kind of stops and breathes. He thinks that he's clear. But down at the end of the hall... There's Santi again. He's there, and he's coming down the hall. He looks awesome. The, yes. the blood effect looks super cool here. You yeah. get this, like, the skeleton effect. Yeah, this is where we see his, his, his skeleton. Yeah, it's really cool looking. Um, and Carlos is terrified. Uh, Santi's right there, and he runs, and he hides in the closet. Holds yep. the door shut, and the door's rattling. And then it stops. And Carlos is like, okay, and looks he kind of looks keyhole. at the keyhole, and then Santi's yep. eye is there, and he's like, oh, fuck, and he holds the door again, and it's rattling yep. again. It's very, very scary. Yeah. Um, that's maybe the only other, like, jump scare moment, yeah. is 
Santi's eye in the keyhole. Yeah. And that one works, I think. It works pretty well. I, yeah. I think that the scene may have been... It wasn't strictly necessary. I think it's a little cheap on purpose because the movie's trying to make you think it's a certain kind of movie so that it can bait and switch you later. Maybe so. Yeah. Because at uh, this point, if you were like a novice, like if you were seeing this in the theater in 2001, you're right. like, who's this Guillermo del Toro guy? Yeah. You might think still that Santi was actually the antagonist of right. the film. Right. Even though it should be obvious yes. by now that this is a helpful ghost. Yes. Uh, maybe, maybe at the time it played more like misdirection maybe so um but the next morning it's so funny <laughs> alma yes. finds carlos sleeping in the closet and they both scream and yep. carlos runs away and she's like she was okay like, she's like what was that what the fuck why was there a kid in there these weird boys yeah. sleeping in the closet <laughs> i don't even know and it's pretty funny and some other boys just kind of come out of a room like, and, and anyway, yeah we're brushing our teeth exactly and she's just kind of like Whoa, so weird. <laughs> She's like, why am I here? Like <laughs> these stupid boys. Uh so we see um Casaris in his room and he looks troubled. Yeah. And one can assume he probably like just got back. Like, right. Like he, maybe he hasn't slept. He doesn't he doesn't look well. Yeah. Um and the mail is being distributed to the boys. Mm-hmm. Um Conchita's distributing the grains of strength, yep, whatever they whatever may be. they are. And Jacinto eats an apple because assholes eat apples in movies. He not only eats an apple, but he takes the, the knife the that he knife. took earlier and stabs an apple and eats it. Uh-huh, and he's like cutting pieces of the apple Very off. imposing. Very aggressive. And it's just the shorthand. Yeah. He, if somebody he, eats an apple in a movie, they're being a dick. If somebody eats an apple with a knife, they're extra evil. Yes. Always true. Um, and it's kind of interesting that they just have this nice bowl of apples, considering they're supposedly, like, starving. Like, they don't have any food, but they have this nice big bowl of beautiful maybe, apples. Maybe Casares brought them back. Maybe he did, but it's just kind of... I, I was just kind of like, what is happening here? Yeah. It's a good moment just for, like... It's there so he can eat an apple and be all creepy and shit. Exactly. But I was kind of thinking, like, I thought they, like, didn't have enough food, and he's allowed to just, like snack on an apple when he whenever he He's, wants to he, he probably isn't <laughs> maybe but they're just out right they're just in a bowl yeah i don't know about don't that know. one it's just it's slightly perhaps just a little bit internally inconsistent but again yeah. we you don't can, you can just say kasar's brought them back he just we don't went really care was trading his his limbo water for who knows what so. uh, yes yeah. um doesn't really matter no it doesn't uh and kasar's comes to talk to Carmen and she's like you're you, you slept late and he's like yeah. listen I gotta fucking talk to you um we have to go Ayala got captured mm-hmm. and he may have talked right we aren't necessarily safe here anymore it's too risky we have to go and Carmen's like well I'm not gonna leave the boys and he says fine we'll take the boys we'll take as many as we can let's right. let's go to Marseille right and he's like we can we can take the gold we can sell the gold and she's like, no, that doesn't belong to us. That belongs to the cause. And he's like, fuck the cause. Like, we don't... Yeah. What does that mean anymore? Like, it's dead. It's done. And he says, I always thought there would be an afterwards for us. There is no afterwards. He has he's accepted like, that this like war is lost. holding her face as he says this. Mm-hmm. He's like... It's very sweet. Uh, but he, he's basically saying, like, you know, I have been waiting for this war to be over, 
and for, you know, for our side to win. And right. it's not happening. Right. This is forever. Yeah. So we have to get out. Yep. Uh, and Conchita is in the doorway and she says that the boys are waiting to be allowed to eat. Yeah. Um, and Carmen tells him that she will need to get some papers, but they will go. Yep. And so Casares looks relieved, uh, and he goes out and he tells the boys that they are allowed to eat. They have to be fast. Yep. Um, and Galvez has a letter from his mom and he says that she's coming to get him soon. Oh. Um... And Carlos is like, yo, but I saw La Suspira last night. <laughs> and uh, Galvez is like, no, you didn't. No, yeah. He's like, no, I did. And it's Santi. I know it's Santi. And he's peeling an egg badly. Really badly. Yeah, he's struggling with it. <laughs> um, so Carmen is going through some documents in the safe. And Jacinto comes up and he's like hey where are you going yep and past her he can see the gold in the safe it is confirmed to him the gold is real and it is right it's there right there um and he says what about me he's uh, trying to fucking guilt trip her. Uh, um and conchita is watching from the other room yeah. she's like sees that um he has his knife and he kind of puts it in his belt Yep. And so she kind of looks from Jacinto over to Casares, and she's like, I have a really bad feeling about yeah. this. Like, she's some... like caught right in the middle she's of in the middle. that's going on. Yeah. Poor thing. She's so strong. She's so brave. Yeah. But she sees, she's, she knows like, yeah. he's going to do something yeah. bad. Um, and Jacinto tells Carmen that she can go, but the gold stays. Yeah. Like, she, like, she needs his permission to leave. Yeah. Uh, and she says, is that all you care about? And he says, that's it. And she closes a safe. Yeah. Um, and she tells him that she hid him so that he wouldn't die in the war with no one to mourn him. Um, and he demands the key to the safe. And she doesn't give it to him. And she says, that you know, of all the orphans, he was always the saddest. He was all alone. Yeah, she gets real brutal here. Like, uh-huh. And she says that he was a prince without a kingdom. And this makes him really he mad. He's so mad. Um, and Casares comes in with a gun. And Jacinto starts mocking him, too. Yeah. He's just used to being, like, the big yeah. man. He thinks that everyone around him is beneath him. Yeah, Jacinto makes, like, like impotence jokes. Yeah, he's like, oh, does that weapon work? He's <sighs> like, you bitch like that's awful You're some s- part of me wonders like how did he find out about this whole like dynamic like did she tell him she probably did yeah and now he's just being he's just being awful awful about it um but and and what his tactic is to bully yeah and intimidate people and belittle them so that they feel powerless because yeah. right now he like he he's has got a gun, gun pointed, pointed at, at him. him and he's like oh yeah well i'm sleeping with carmen yeah like you you know you you're you're in love with her, but I'm the one who's had to screw her all this time. And the yeah. way he like it's, words it is so cruel yeah. to everyone. Yeah. Um. And she breaks his nose with her cane. Yeah. It's so cathartic. Um. And Casares points the gun at him and tells him to get out. Yeah. And everyone gathers and watches him walk out into the desert. Yeah. Like all the boys. They're like, are like oh wow. Are like wow. Um, and the, and then we get 
activity. The boys are packing up their things. Yeah, then it's like, time to leave. We gotta get out. Um, and Jaime asks what Carlos saw. And Carlos is like, you know already. And Jaime's like, no, tell me what right. you saw. And he says, well, Santi is La Suspira. He's dead, isn't he? And, and he's like, it's very accusatory. Yeah, Jaime doesn't have anything to say. Yeah, and Carlos just leaves. Yeah. Um, but now everyone's preparing to leave. They're getting the car ready. Um, Conchita is sent to go get some gas cans for the trip. And the gas cans are gone. There's like one left and it's empty. Empty. And she's like, what the, what fuck? the fuck happened? Um, she goes outside. The road is empty. It's a great shot. It's more yeah. of this fantastic desert yeah. horizon stuff. Um, and she goes to the truck and gets the gun. Because yep. she knows something is wrong. Something weird is happening. And sees that the truck is dripping gas. Like the front grill. Yeah. Like it's been poured on. Yeah. The truck, bad, and bad she's news. like, "Uh oh!" And she follows this trail, trail of, gas of gas in the dirt. Um, Carmen is telling the boys that it's going to be a really hard trip. They're they're going to ride in the back of the truck. They're and, all going to cram in the back of the truck, and the older boys are going to have to take care of the younger ones. Yeah. Um, and Conchita finds Jacinto getting ready to blow up the safe. He has all the gas cans piled up, and he's pouring gas everywhere. And this, to me, it, it's a it's a rough moment, but it's also kind of funny to me that they were just like, we will just cast him off because there's nothing around. Mm-hmm. And they didn't realize that because there's nothing around, he could just sneak around the back. He just come back in, and he did. <laughs> no um, one no one thought of that. Yeah. Because they had other things on their of minds. Course. They're like, we have to get out of here yeah. because the fucking fascists are coming. Yep. Probably. So he just snuck in the back. Yep. And uh, he, she's like, "What are you doing?" And he lights a cigarette. Yep. Um, and Alma asks Carmen. They're in the kitchen. She asks Carmen if she is. No, they're not in the kitchen. I don't know where they are. They're in the next. They're in the dining room. That's right. Um, and uh, yeah, she asks if Carmen is okay. And Carmen, um, <laughs> in a very pregnant line, says that her old leg is just feeling heavy yeah heavier than normal yeah hmm how obvious does that feel to you well because as soon as she said it i was like oh yeah that's what the goal is yeah yeah i mean i can see where you could miss it because she's kind of always talking about how she hates her leg and you know it's like oh she's just weary like oh this this yeah stupid leg of mine it just feels especially heavy today yeah it's like no it's it's full of gold gold. (laughs) um Back in the kitchen, Jacinto is mocking Conchita. Um, He's like, what are you going to do? And she stands up to him. Yeah. And he's like, fine, shoot me then. And she's like, please don't. Please don't make me do this. And he's like, come on, come on, come on. And starts like smacking the gun. He starts smacking the gun. And it goes off. Of course, because what do you think is going to happen? Yeah, he's dumb. Um, Everyone hears this. Uh, It has hit his shoulder. Yeah. And so he tosses his cigarette onto the gas. He kind of blows on it to like... Because it's like almost gone out yeah. and he's quite frantic about it. So he blows on a cigarette and tosses it onto the gas. Um, Carmen has been thrown to the ground. Yeah. Because she doesn't... She's not comfortable it's shooting a gun. the first time she's shot a gun in her life. Yeah. Um, so she's like on the ground. She grabs the gun, um, gets up and runs and tells everyone they have to get out that it's going to blow. Yep. 
and they all start running out. You know, boys are getting picked up. They're all running. Um, and Alma is so dumb. In, in like, the, the, the worst decision anyone makes in this whole film, she, perhaps. She grabs, like, a tablecloth and is and trying to... And she starts to, to put the, this gasoline fire this out. This huge gasoline fire. It's like, it's this isn't a kitchen fire, Alma. You can't. Uh, Just get out of there. And Carmen follows her and is like, don't, go, yeah, you can't. she's like, what are you doing? Um, And Casares kind of looks around and goes, Carmen, Carmen, where are you, Carmen? Uh, yeah, runs back to check on Carmen. Inside, um, Carmen sees that there are some boys, like, watching them. And she's like, you have to get out, go, now, yep. now, now. And the gas goes up and there is a huge fireball. Alma is just like engulfed she in it immediately. She's dead. Th- there's nothing left of her. Yeah, we don't see anything no. left of her. Um, everyone inside is engulfed, and Casares outside is blown back. Yep. And the car explodes. Yep. And everything is quiet, and in the field, Jacinto is watching. Watching. Yep. There's like shot where the, like, the car fender like comes flying at the camera. Yeah, it's very 2001. Yeah. Um, it, it's, you know, we fade to black. Yeah. And cut to Casares on the ground waking up. And he He's is deafened. In bad shape. Yeah, he looks awful. The, I love the sound editing here. So you can just yeah. tell immediately like, oh, he's lost his hearing. Well, and in case you didn't get it, there's a lot of blood pours out of his ear. It's really awful. Yeah. Um, just total wreckage. Yep. It's really tragic. Yeah, um, this this part is rough. We've got... Lots of dead boys. Yeah. And um, Conchita is helping some boys and uh, kind of points Casares to the kitchen. He yep. can't hear what she's saying, yep. but she directs him over there. Um, dead boys in the kitchen. And he finds Carmen, and she is somehow still alive, but just barely. Yes. Um, and... This is a little detail, but her leg has been blown off and is almost on the other end of the room. Right. Just flew right off. Uh, And he's trying to care for her. He's like, oh, you're okay? You're okay? Yep. She's got a big chunk of glass in in her her chest. chest. And he, like, pulls it out. We had to have our our one, like, moment. Yeah. It's really the only one in this movie that's, like, really... There's, like, a couple of other shots, like... When we actually see Santi die, that's pretty bad. It's pretty, but it's so, you know, it, it's just an impact and right. it's pretty abrupt. And there's like a, there's like a trademark, like gross little stitching up a wound insert shot with there Ayala at the beginning. There was the stitching up a wound, Ayala's yeah. wound. There is that. But like compared to some of his other movies, this one's this one pretty light, light, light on, on the, the, on the gore. Yeah. I mean, even when we see all the boys, like with all the blood there that's pretty gross right they just they're just kind of blown up yeah it's more like upsetting than it really yeah is. but, but this not, is like the gory. one this is like the one gross out gory shot and compared to some others it's pretty uh mild yeah oh for sure it's just like a shard of glass being kind of pulled out yeah. and it's not very close up so yeah. you know we've seen worse oh yes and we will see worse <laughs> yes soon um but He's trying to care for her, and Carlos comes upon them. He's just kind of wandering around yeah. in the burned-out building. And Cazares tells him to run and get his medical bag. Yeah. Out in the yard, Conchita uh, is speaking with Jaime. And she says that no one will be coming to help them. That they won't have heard it. Because just another explosion yeah. and it's wartime, and which is probably, the most depressing thing ever. Right, and probably no one even heard. Right. And even if they did, they wouldn't care. They were just like, it's a war, it's an yes. explosion. So she says that 
she can get to town by noon tomorrow if she walks all night. Yep. And this is a great moment for Jaime because she's like, okay, yep. you're the big kid. I'm going to let you into the grown-ups table now. Right, 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 right. Like, you yeah. need to be in charge of the boys. Yeah. So I'm going to talk to you. Like, and tell you what the plan is. Carmen is exploded. Yep. Casares mm. is not in good shape. Yeah. Like, it's me and you right now, buddy. Yeah. We have to do something. Yep. Uh, and he takes it very seriously. Mm-hmm. Uh, so in back in the kitchen, Casares is treating Carmen's wounds so futile. Like, there's yeah. no way she's going to live. And at this point, he almost knows it because he's, like, covering mm-hmm. her with a sheet. And... But he just can't. Yeah, he can't accept it. Yeah. Because he's uh, in love with her. He loves her very much. Um, and she's like, I need to tell you something because if I don't tell you now. And he's like, no, don't tell me something. Yeah, he like shrugs it off by saying his ear is Yeah, I, I wouldn't be able to hear, hear you, so don't bother. Do you think she was going to declare her love or do you think that she was going to say the, the gold is in my leg? <laughs> what did she want to tell him? Maybe it was the gold. Because like, it's certainly not, you know, that she has to come clean about Jacinto because no, that has come out already. that's all out in the open. Uh, so... He, but he, I think he clearly thinks it's something emotional that he doesn't have the energy to hear right before she dies. The way I read it is that it's him denying this moment of like last words. He's like, no, 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 oh, yeah. we can't do this. Yeah, he's that's like, not happening. Yeah, yeah. Don't tell me the last thing before you die because you're, you're not, not going to die. Gonna die. Yeah, absolutely. Don't do yeah, that thing. That's absolutely what it is. But I do think she may just be trying to tell him where the gold is. Probably so. <laughs> Um, but he's like, no, no, I wouldn't be able to hear you anyway, so don't even bother. Just let me do the talking. Yeah. I have learned a new poem. And she's like, yes, I want to hear it. Um, you know, one last comfort before she dies. And it's, it's so Yeah, it's very emotional. He is so incredible in this scene as he's reciting this poem and she's just slowly dying. Yeah. And he is just breaking down. Oh, it's really good. Like Federico Lupi. Yeah, he's, this scene he's could, doing top tier acting in this scene. This scene very well could not work. Like, yeah. with it could a, be too much, too melodramatic. It could yeah. be, but he carries it. Yeah, he makes 100%. it work. Yeah, there's a reason why he was Del Toro's favorite yes. actor. Yes, he's absolutely. Incredible. Um, and she's dying. Yeah, and um, he's holding like a scalpel. Yeah. Like he's almost ready to end it for her if he needs to. You think so? I that think he was, was just sort of in the middle of yeah. things. Um, Because I think that he's in denial. That's fair, yeah. I that's think he's just, he 100%, won't yeah. let himself think that she is dying. Yeah, He's still for sure. trying to save her, even as it's a lost right. cause. Completely. Um, Outside, Conchita is leaving. Um, yeah. And Jaime is like, Hey, wait. Yeah. And she and he brings her a grain of strength. It's cute. It's so sweet. And it's a really sweet moment. She holds up the ring, like, yeah. I'm wearing it. Yeah. Thank you. This means yeah. a lot. And it's a really, really sweet moment. And yeah. then she turns and leaves. Yep. Uh so back in the kitchen, um, Carmen is dead. Yeah. He's covered her with a sheet, um, and he gets the gun. And Carlos follows him up to the second floor. And he says, I should have just killed that son of a bitch when I had the chance. But he's coming back and I'm going to be waiting for him. Mm -hmm. Uh, And sits down and asks Carlos to get his record player. Yeah. 
and uh, he's just waiting, and he is bleeding a lot. Yeah, he does that thing where he like reaches into his jacket and pulls, and pulls out his hand, and it's covered in blood. Yeah, that thing. And that's how we know that he's, he's gonna he's die. He's gonna die. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's definitely it's gonna die. Hollywood shorthand for this character is gonna die. He's already dead. Yeah. Um. And we get a really great shot, another one of these desert shots yeah. through the behind him, and he's framed by the window. Yeah. It's it's a it's just a great image. Um. Downstairs, the boys are kind of holed up in the dormitory. They've made sort of a bed fort. Yeah. Uh, and they, um, <laughs> Carlos asks uh, Jaime if he's hungry. And they do the little rhyme. The little, yeah, beans, beans. <laughs> it's really, yeah. it's such a great moment it's, of boys yeah. just being kids. It's great because, like, there was just this huge explosion. Like somebody many of just them have died. died. Many people have died, yeah. as Santi said. Yes, and you know, and, Panchita is going out yeah. into the. It's gonna be a hard thing to cut. <laughs> oh well. And then we'll have to wait for it to close. All right. Oh, <laughs> It's probably not that bad, but I just want to be sure. At least now you can listen and see how bad it is, and then you'll know in the future if it's something that you need to... Yeah. Uh, but yeah, many, many people have just died. Yep. Conchita is walking out into the desert, perhaps futilely, yep. and then these boys are just making <laughs> fart jokes. Yep, because they're still, they're still children. Like, yeah. what are they going to do? Yeah. And you know, it's just this moment of like levity and and yeah. yeah. Um, but and he's like, no, I don't think I'm hungry. I couldn't eat, but maybe some of the younger boys are yeah. hungry. And then things get kind of serious. And Jaime asks Carlos if he thinks he could kill. Um, and Jaime says, I know I could. And then you're just like, oh, oh it's coming out. And Jaime tells the story of what happened to Santi. Yeah. And it's great. Um, so Jaime and Santi were gathering slugs yep. down in the cellar. Yep. And um, upstairs in the kitchen, Santi saw Jacinto trying to break into the safe. Yep. Uh, and Jacinto like kind of chases him downstairs, and uh, Santi tells Jaime, you know, Jacinto's coming. You got to get out of yep. here. Jaime hides, and as Santi is trying to get away. Jacinto catches him and is trying to intimidate him. You know, what did you see? Did you see the safe? Who, right. you know, who, who's with you? And is like pushing him around and uh, like tries to hold his mouth and Santi bites him. Yep. And so Jacinto shoves him right up and he just smacks, smacks his head right pillar. into the pillar and he falls down and he is bleeding a lot. Bleeding a lot and he's like, twitching and yep. he's, he's he's dead and um Hasita's like oh shit um and yeah, and he's like can't let anybody know about can't this can't let anybody know so he goes and gets some ropes and yep. Jaime, this is when Jaime comes out and like sees and does what touches, we saw in the opening yeah um and then runs and hides as Jacinto comes back with some ropes and yeah. weighs down Santi's body and throws him in the cistern yeah. and Jaime saw everything yeah and at this point, he ran into the yard, and that is when the bomb landed right in right, front of him. Right then, yeah. 
And it's like, it's this great moment of like, this is when Jaime's childhood ended. Yeah. This is when his innocence died. Yes. Yeah, exactly. And the bomb fell. Yep. And like, maybe it didn't blow up. But it still but had there. the same, like, psychological effect on it's him. It's there like, and it's just sitting there in yep. the middle of everything. Yeah. And you can't forget about it. It is the focal point of everything. Yeah. And it's this great, like, these two things and the way that they connect metaphorically is very, very good. Yes. So, um, back in the present... Jaime says that he was a coward and he was always afraid of Jacinto, but now the next time he sees him, he's going to kill him. Yeah. Uh, we see now Conchita walking down the road. It is now morning again. I just have to say, because yeah. I'm worried I'll forget if I don't. Jacinto is not smart. <laughs> he's not. He doesn't think for a second about the fact that if you dump a body in in like <laughs> right, in, in a, a cistern, in some water, it'll start decomposing and coming back up. Yeah, it can't it can't stay down there forever. One way, either via ghost or decomposition, <laughs> it will come back yeah. to haunt you one way or the other. Santi's coming out of that cistern, uh, but yes. of course, it hasn't been enough time. I guess that no. he's decomposed no, enough to, to start much. falling apart, though. And the water is already disgusting. It's really gross um so yes he was just not smart no he doesn't know but like it's the heat of the moment too heat of the moment what else is he gonna do he doesn't he doesn't know how to hide a murder yeah um he never watched any crime shows <laughs> and he just does he's just a bully he does what he wants yeah and then there are consequences and he yeah. doesn't know how to deal with them exactly so, Conchita is walking yes. down the road. It is now morning. Um, a car is coming, and at first she's like, oh, a car, hey, a car yeah. help. But it's of Jacinto course. and the creep squad. Yeah, of course. Um, and they stop the car, and she's like, fuck. Um, and they just watch Jacinto go, and they're like, hey, watch what he does. Yeah. And Jacinto comes up, and he's like, listen, just say you're sorry, and this can be over. And she's like, no, fuck yeah. you. And he's like, just, just say you're sorry. They're watching. You have to say you're sorry. <laughs> he's like, don't make me look bad. Yeah, they, I look stupid. Don't make me look stupid yeah. in front of my friends. And she's like, fuck you. You're disgusting. Yeah. He's like, please, just, please. Because he's like, he doesn't want to have to do this. Yeah. But he feels that, that he has literally no choice. Either she has to submit to him or he yeah. has to kill her. And what a he's, tragic, yeah, like, false dilemma that he's put himself in. Yep. It's all him. Yeah, because he's like, they're watching. Yeah. You have to. Just just say you're sorry and get in the car. And she's like, no, fuck yep. you. And he's like, fine, this is your fault. And, and he, he stabs st her. He stabs her. Um, and she dies in the road. Um, yeah. th there's this great shot. It's this very, very distant shot of like, you know, again, the horizon in the middle of the frame. Yep. And her just like She falling. just falls to the ground. And it's so far away. Like, you can see everything in this shot. Yeah. Them and the car and all. Oh. Yeah, it's really sad, but it's a beautiful shot. Uh, back in the orphanage, the boys are taking some shrapnel out of Owl's back. Yeah, it's real gross. Yeah, but they're There's doing another, a good job. Yeah, they're doing a good job. Mm -hmm. It's another kind of gross scene, it is. but the emphasis is like, oh, they're, they're doing their best. They're trying real hard to help him, yeah. and it's pretty far away. It's not yeah. a close-up of like pulling a <laughs> right. piece of rubble out of his yeah. skin or anything. 
Um, he just kind of looks bloody. Yeah. Um, and Carlos and Jaime go upstairs to be like, hey, Dr. Casares, we, we we did what you said, but he's still bleeding a yeah. lot. And they notice out the window that someone is coming. Yep. Um, Carlos helps Casares up, and Casares tells Jaime to start the music. Yeah. Um, and this is kind of an interesting plan. Basically, Casares is just like, I want him to know that I am still here. And if yeah. we turn the music on, he can't miss me up here. Yeah. It's just to get attention. Yeah. Um, and it works. Because uh, Jacinto is coming back, assuming everyone got blown up. Yeah, he thinks they should all be dead. Yeah. And the guys with him are like, I thought you said he was dead. Yeah, exactly. And he's like, it's fine. They'll they'll die. So right. just we can just wait. Um, You know, he's come this far. He could wait a little longer. But right. his comrades are a little more impatient than he is. They're already skeptical. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, so Kasara is satisfied that they are not coming in at the moment, Mm -hmm. um, goes and sits back down and he says, he basically tells the boys that for once he is not going to leave something unfinished. Yep. He's always left everything unfinished, but he is not going to leave this place. Yeah. And those are heavy words. Yeah. Fortuitous words. Yeah. Um, and boys are down in the kitchen looking for food. Yep. Um, Carlos finds himself alone and he sees Santi. And he says, I'm not going to run. I want to talk to you. Um, back upstairs, Jaime is watching at the window and realizes that Casares is dead. He's covered in flies. He's covered in flies. And um, very bravely, uh, Jaime yeah. comes up and closes his yeah. eyes. Uh, and he hears a sound. Yep. Fuck. Yep. Uh, cut back to the kitchen and Carlos asks what Santi wants. Says he's not going to run away. Yeah, I'm not going to run away. Yeah. What do you want? And Santi says, Jacinto, bring him to me. And disappears. And Carlos says, I'm going to help you. He's grown up. Yeah, well, the worst thing imaginable just happened. Yeah. And he's like, okay, well, ghosts aren't scary anymore. Yeah, like, exactly. I know the ghost is the least scary thing about the situation. Especially now that he knows the truth about yes. what happened to him. He's yeah. like, oh, this boy is a victim, just like all of us. He's not the monster here. Jacinto is. Exactly. So we so need to work together. What to do is clear, yeah. Uh-huh, it's great. Uh, so... Carlos goes to find Jaime, says, I just saw Santi, I I know what to do, and um, sees that Casares is dead, and then Jacinto has Jaime and the gun, and he's got Jaime hostage. Mm -hmm. And he says, you know, that the old man, he's stubborn even in death, I had to break his fingers to get the gun. So gross. Terrible. Just disgusting. Terrible, terrible man. And these grown men make the orphans pick through the rubble for the safe. Yep. Um, terrible. Yes, it's bad. Uh, and it's, yeah, they're just being really, really cruel. And one of the boys is like, I found something. And Santa's like, get out of the way. And they start digging up. They're like, oh, shit, it's here. Um, and at this moment, Jacinto gives the cigar ring back to Jaime. And is yeah, like, brutal. this yeah. is yours, right? And, and then so Jaime, Jaime knows, knows what happened. That, yeah. that Conchita is dead. And that no help is on the way for them. Yeah, it's like a double whammy yeah, it's, of like, it's terrible. Conchita is dead and you're all alone. Yeah. So they lock the boys in a storage room um, and are trying to break open the like exploded safe. Yeah. 
and the boys watch. There's like a tiny window. And Jaime says that they need to get out. Someone's got to climb out the window and open the door. Mm-hmm. And he's like, are, are you scared? And Galvez is like, yeah, I'm fucking scared. Like, you're not hurt. But Owl is like super hurt. Like, right. you, obviously I'm scared. And Jaime's like, well, Jacinto killed Santi and he's going to kill us. So we have to do something. And the boy's like, oh, fuck. Yeah. Really? Okay, yes, that's serious. Yeah. He's like, they're not, you think they're just going to let us out? Yeah. Like, this is, we're not safe. Right. Um, They have to work together mm-hmm. to take him down like and a mammoth. It's very significant, too, because, like he says, there are more of us. There are more of us. And they start sharpening some sticks. Yeah. Early man style. It's real good. So they um, start clearing broken glass from the window um, and they lower Galvez down because he's the tiniest. Yeah. Um, and there's like a little scare moment where there's like some broken glass still in there mm-hmm. and uh, Jaime has to pull it out and he drops it and it makes a noise and they're like, yeah. oh shit. But they got it, away with yeah. it. They try to lower Galvez down, but he drops and he twists his ankle on the way yeah. down really badly there's yeah. like a crack he like lands on it real bad yeah. yeah like it's probably sprained if not broken yeah um and they're like oh shit are you okay did you get hurt he's like kinda <laughs> um <laughs> and he can't like really walk oh well, yeah like, he sits down to take his shoe off yeah um back in the kitchen the guys are in the safe and the gold isn't there and they're Big like what the fuck surprise. there's yeah. just some papers in here and Hacinto's like, no, it's fucking, I know there's the gold. I saw the gold. And they're like, sure. <laughs> um, and Jaime says that someone has to help Galvez. Yep. Outside, where Galvez is trying to deal with his foot, we see Casares. We don't even see him fully. We see like we see his, his, like his arm, arm and some flies, which and- is the real tell. Yeah, the flies come, and then we just barely see him in the frame. Yep. And it's like, <gasps> and Galvez kind of looks up at him. And then um, the door opens. Yeah. And, and they're, they're like, like what? what happened? And they come out, and Galvez says that it was Casares. Yeah. And Carlos finds his handkerchief on the ground. Yeah. Oh. Um, so it's really nice and subtle. I like it. It is. It's a very subtle Because they feel like moment. they needed to trot out this whole big ghost reveal. Right. We saw another ghost. We've seen so much of Santi. Yeah. And it's like, we get it. He's a ghost. We saw only what we needed to. It's yeah, nice. Yeah. It's very, very tasteful. Yes. Um, so the men in the kitchen are arguing about the gold. Uh, and Jacinto is looking through his old photos, which yeah. were presumably in the safe. And he finds pictures of his parents and himself as a baby, and this is the blurred photograph. Yeah, he's like, it it's blurred. Because he moved. I moved, but it's me. I know it's me. And he says this while like trying to like scratch his face off of the photo. There's a weird kind of desperation where like he's yeah. like, certainly this is me. Yeah, Cer- this ha- this is me. Definitely yeah. this is me. And he's kind of like afraid that it isn't him. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Uh. And um, another photo of him as a little boy has the line about him being a prince without a kingdom written yeah, on the back it. of it. Yeah, um, And it's like from 1925 or something. Yep. And it's exactly what Carmen said mm-hmm. earlier. Uh, yeah, he just, he, he believes he is entitled to something. Yeah. Um, 
but he tells the men, I saw the gold. It has to be here. It de it's somewhere here, so we just have to find it, and then we can burn down the orphanage. Yeah. And they're like, what about the kids? And he's like, they no, no one will miss them. Yeah, and he's it's, like, it's a war. It's a drop in the ocean. Yeah, and they're like, okay, well, fine. If you want to burn down the orphanage, if you want to kill the kids, we yeah. really couldn't care less. We're just but leaving we're, tomorrow. We're going to leave in the morning. Yeah. With or without the gold, we're leaving. Yeah. Because they don't believe it's there. Yeah. Uh, in and then in the morning, Jacinto is like getting ready to look. He's yeah. like puts on his music and he's like, "All right, searching time." Yeah. And, and then the the children have already, they're all eavesdropping and like yes. waiting to make their move at that point. Um, and the guys are like, "Hey, we left something in the car." <laughs> We'll be right back. He's like, okay, but I'm gonna need your help. Yeah, what an he's, idiot. He's so like clueless. single minded. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, um, and he finds the gold right away. Yeah, because he's, he's like looking around and he sees Carmen's leg and he's like, leg gold. Yeah, there it is. It's spilling out of the leg. Wow, that didn't take long at all. And then he hears the car start up. Yeah. And he runs out and they're like, fuck you. Yeah. And he's like, fuck you. A gold's he's all like, mine. More for me. Yeah. Of course, what's he gonna like? Is he gonna walk the town? Like, what's he gonna right, do? He's exactly. fucking trapped here. Yeah. Um, but he's not thinking about that. Uh, so he gathers up all the gold. He like <laughs> wraps it up in a handkerchief and ties it to his belt, and then puts the rest in his pocket. So he's weighted, weighted down. Weighted down. The movie like gives us a lot of convenient close-ups to remind us of. Look this. at all this gold. gold. This heavy, heavy, heavy gold. Heavy, heavy gold. Um and. Jaime and Carlos pop out and they're like, hey, fuckhead. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, you little bitches and <laughs> runs after them. They're just like, they bait yep. him so easily. Yeah. Um, And they get him to chase them downstairs. Down into the cellar. Yep. And he loads the rifle and looks for them. They kind of scatter and hide. Yeah. And then the some three of the boys like pop out with their spears like, hey, and he's like, that's so fucking stupid. And then Jaime comes out of nowhere. And, and stabs, stabs him in the armpit. In the armpit. And um, we talked about this yeah. when we watched it the other day, but uh, apparently- got himself stabbed in the armpit by trying a, to climb a fence. Yeah, as a young man, he like fell on a on a pointy fence and got stabbed in the armpit. And was surprised by like how painful it was. Yeah, it was like the most, he's like, that was insanely painful. That's so interesting to me. And, and so he keeps now, stabbing his characters in the armpit. He has, he has people get stabbed, stabbed in the armpit. It's just a, it's a move that he makes. And it's yeah. like, it's, it's an odd one, but he's like, ah, trust me, this hurts a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so, yes, and, and Jaime, true to his word, he fucking just got the the blow. Yeah. The first blow. It on... looks incredibly painful. Oh yeah, and it's like <laughs> in there really deep. Uh, he breaks it off trying yeah. to yank it out of there. Yeah, it's it's bad. Um, so the boys start like clustering around. They like swarm around him and just yeah. start like stabbing him. Yeah. And he like goes for the gun and they stab him in the hand. The yeah. biggest kids just have him down on the ground. Um. And they take the gun from him, and Carlos takes the gun and has it pointed at him. Yeah. And it's like he's going to shoot him. He's right at the edge of the water. And then he says, Santi. And they shove him in the yep. water. Um, and the gold is weighing him down. He can't yep. swim out. And he's trying to pull the gold <laughs> out of his pockets, but it's stuck. And there's so much yeah. of it. He's trying and he's trying. And Santi pulls yeah. him down. And he's like, fuck! 
Yeah. He looks so scared. And yeah. of course, he immediately lets all the breath out of his lungs yeah. and he's just done. Yeah. And up on the surface, the air and the blood is just all bubbling yeah. up and they just watch and they just leave. They're just like, sure, okay. Well, we did it. We killed the mammoth. Uh, and Carlos goes upstairs to Pizarro's body and returns his yeah. handkerchief. Really sweet. Yeah, and he's crying yeah. so much. It's upsetting. He's just crying, crying. Um, and we hear Casares's narration again about yes. what is a ghost. And we get a lot of great shots. We see Santi yep. standing on the water yeah. in the cistern. It's very cool. We see the the uh Jacinto's photos. Yeah, we see on the, the photos of the water. in the water. Um yeah, Jacinto dead underwater. We see the bomb. Yep. And the boys begin their journey. They've packed up and yeah. they start, set off on foot. And Casares watches them go. We just see yeah. him in silhouette from behind, but he's there in the gate. Yep. Watching over them. And he will never leave this place. Yep. And he says, a ghost. That's what I am. And that's, that's the movie. That's the end. And Guillermo dedicated it to his to parents. To his parents. Uh, so the visual design, I yes. feel like he finally like really nailed what yeah, he it was clicks going for. Here. Yeah, one hundred percent. Extremely gothic. Yep. <laughs> um, just real grimy. Yeah. Um, but in certain other ways, very homey. Yeah. Um, but you get that darkness, that dankness. You yeah. know, the cistern and the cellar, and it's just like this dark place of evil secrets, and it yeah. looks like it. Uh, it's really good. And the ghosts, of course. Yes. Just, Look great. Yes. Very, very, very cool ghosts. Apparently, he was really inspired by Japanese ghost films. Ooh. Like um, Ringu. Yeah. Uh, it makes sense. Yeah, you can totally see yeah. it. You know, he's got his sort of Catholic spin on the yep. whole thing. <laughs> yep. But it is that like pale face with the dark eyes yeah. kind of thing. And like water is involved. Water's involved. Yeah. It's, it's like distinct enough he's made it really oh, personal yeah. but if you you can definitely recognize the influence and in it there. just holds up as an as an effect I, it does look yeah. really good because he's not trying, trying to do anything too wild like exactly. mostly it's just a see-through boy yeah exactly with some yeah. crazy makeup on his face yep. um yep. and the blood effect works really well that like yeah. cloud of floating blood yeah extremely cool yeah it just it just looks yeah Great. You got that cool prosthetic leg, very Guillermo. Yes. yes. It's like leather and wood and metal. Yeah. And it, it just looks really neat. Yeah, we've got our devices here. <laughs> like Uh-huh. We've got, you know, the babies in the jars. Yeah. That's very Guillermo. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh and even like the costuming is really good. Oh, yeah. Like it's just really um it's it's a great visual it, shorthand it for the fits characters. The world it fits the world, and it also really tells you a lot about yes. these characters and who they are. Yeah, because you've got Even, like Carmen, yeah. and she's like very nicely but plainly dressed. Yeah, she looks just a little bit severe. Yeah, um, and then you've got the very very dapper Casares yeah. yeah. with his ties, and <laughs> he's just charming. Um, and then Jacinto is like exclusively wearing undershirts, yeah. like. 
yeah. undershirts and suspenders, so he looks very, like, rugged and yeah. attractive, yeah. but still, like, kind of scummy. Edgy. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And, and, his, and his haircut is, like, sort of schoolboyish. That floppy, yeah. like, 2001 handsome boy hair. Yeah. Uh, you've got... Conchita and her very cute little dresses. Yeah. Like she just she looks very yeah. like simple and sweet. Kind of church girl vibes mm-hmm. a little bit. Yeah. With her hair up. She's yeah. really very cute. Um and then the boys just wearing all their like when um Carlos first arrives, he's like wearing a sweater vest. Right. And like after a while, you know, by the classroom scene, he's just like wearing his shirt partially unbuttoned like the rest of the boys. Right. It's just like, why even try? Like, right. We're all just, we're all just doing our best here. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> he's kind of dressed down. Yeah. As he starts sort of assimilating and like yeah. Yeah. being Becoming a part, part of, of the group, getting yeah. involved in their shenanigans. Yes. He's yeah. one of them and he dresses like them. Yeah, exactly. He's not set apart anymore. <laughs> yeah. It's really good. Yeah. It's, and it all feels like it works together. Mm-hmm. I love this just great huge bomb. Just yeah. sitting there in the middle of everything. It looks so great. And, like, yeah. the way it's kind of like a an idol or a yes. totem, like, yes. with the ribbons tied around <laughs> it. Like, it is sort of a, a weird, dangerous god. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> that they have to, like, pray to yeah. to learn secrets. Yeah. And, like, it's so interesting. This is, like, the first movie of his where I feel like every motif kind of, like, fits into all the other motifs. And it doesn't just feel like stuff... Right, it's like not just a, it sort of random It doesn't feel like a list thrown. of things that he thinks are cool. Right, and that's a little <laughs> bit what Kronos felt like. Yeah. But this Mimic one... Too. Mimic, Mimic too. Mimic also. But, like, Mimic was barely even doing anything with <laughs> right. that kind of stuff. Yeah. But, like, this is, this is all, like, really well-woven together symbolism. Yes, yes. It feels complete, and what it's saying is, is potent and clear. Yeah, yeah, this bomb, it's like, maybe it's disabled, but it's always there. And, like, this war is just yep. present around them, and maybe... They're safe from it right here yeah. for now. We never really know how safe or not they are at any given no, time. No, we don't. Because, I mean, it turns out that the real danger was right there. Yes, it was inside all along. I think there's a lot in this movie about, like, how fear works. Mm-hmm. And, and how that's ultimately how... unconstructive it is. Well, because that's how fascism works. Exactly. Uh, and, you know, you, you've got, like, this microcosm of fascism happening here. Yes around Jacinto. Yeah. And yeah, that's how what he really represents. Fascists are just bullies. Yeah. And also, like, not what you expect. Mm-hmm. The bait and switch is crucial. Right. There because, is something like, attractive. Like, yeah. it wouldn't work. Fascism could never happen if at yeah. first it didn't seem appealing. Right. Exactly. But it will fuck you And you, you have up. the unheeded warnings. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And only by working together as yes. good little communists yes, exactly. can we overcome yes. the big bad fascists yep. and it's, throw him in the water and drown him. really clear. <laughs> yep. These are the children of Reds. Yep. And they are yep. this is killing they the bully. To, yeah. Exactly. That's what fascists are. Yep. Your fave Always. is Antifa. Yes. <laughs> he's so anti-fascist. Yeah. I think, I mean, he said it too. Oh, like he he'll yes. just say it. Yeah. Yes. Uh, great, just great metaphors. You know, the, the, the idea of the, uh, the devil's backbone yeah. is really, I was kind of puzzling over that for a bit. Yeah, because like, that's the this? thing that seems a bit disconnected. And I think what it is, I mean, because that is actually like a term that people right. use for spina bifida. It's very right. ableist and yeah. sad. But, uh, 
I think that the sort of metaphor going on there is the idea of superstition right. being the thing that, like, makes things get worse. And it breeds unnecessary fear. Or yes. Or, like, it diverts fear towards something that you shouldn't be afraid of and that- allows the real scary thing to come in your back door and blow everything up. Yes. <laughs> that the... the that superstition is the devil's backbone yes yeah exactly that yeah i mean i think that there's there's something to be said about the fact that like usually in del toro's work the sort of monstrous creatures are stigmatized in some way right that and they're innocent but yeah feared and and that's true of santi in in this Mm -hmm. film and the devil's backbone is kind of there so that the point about santi isn't belabored too fast (laughs) right Yes. This... Just, just to show us an, another thing that people are superstitious about and therefore they can't glean what they need to from it. And they're uh-huh. getting the wrong message. And the way that people sort of prey on others' superstition for their own gain. Absolutely. Yep. It's, it's exactly great. And, and, and again, like with fascism, you know, the idea of like, um, you know, nationalists and fascists yeah. saying, you know, here's an other for you to right. hate. Right, preying on those superstitions. Be afraid of them, not me. It's their fault, not my fault. Like, we're actually saving you from these other evil things. Like, Uh yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 Guillermo knows his fascism. Yeah. Yeah. It's good stuff. Yes. He knows what he, he really knows what he's saying with this one. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, I suppose that that's a great segue to getting into the sort of more folkloric and yeah. uh, you know, supernatural aspects yes. of it because this really lives in the world of gothic literature. Yes. Uh, and he, he, he returns... Ghosts are actually interesting. Yes. And he returns to this time and again. I get yeah. si- sort of this, this bomb just sitting here. It gives me kind of Castle of Otranto vibes. Yeah. Because um, I've... If you're unfamiliar, um, Castle of Otranto begins with this big metal helmet right. landing in this castle courtyard. Right. Um, and so, and it's yeah. just like there as this like big symbol. <laughs> I definitely read a little bit about how that as a work influenced him in various ways. Well, I mean, as a work, it influenced the whole Gothic genre. Right. It was like, it's like the seminal Gothic work. Right. And he like takes different things from it. Yeah, it is, you know, with like, oh, this is an old place with its dark secrets underground. He loves that. Yeah. And it's, I mean, he just loves the Gothic and that's really what what it's all about. Right. Uh, (laughs) So yeah. And, but then also the ideas of like, you know, the ghosts are the deliverers of important messages that it's not they're not monsters they're harbingers they're oracles right and even victims Mm -hmm. yeah that's that's what ghosts do in the gothic largely they're not the enemy yeah no (laughs) yeah gothic stories aren't really haunted house stories they're ghosts are are metaphors for evils hidden evils and sins and that's that's what Guillermo's ghosts are yeah. all over the place. And I think he likes to play with like characters not knowing that that's what the ghosts are because it can't work. The gothic right. doesn't work if the character knows they're in a gothic story. Right. They have to play by the rules. <laughs> they have to adhere to the tropes, and part of that means being ignorant of them. Right. They can't know. This isn't Scream. 
You can't right. know how the ghosts work. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, I just love it. It's a it's a fabulous yeah. genre, and I think he just... I, I mean, this is a fantastic gothic story, and I think that he just got better at the gothic as he went along. Oh, yeah. Um, but no shade to this, because it's a really great little gothic tale. Yeah. And I think a lot of people wouldn't necessarily uh, identify it as sure. gothic unless they were pretty familiar with right. the genre but that's it clearly something that he's like steeped in <laughs> right um but it doesn't you know look like it because there's no like blonde girls in nightgowns running right. around of course it's a different cultural setting yes yeah. but it is deeply gothic of course. and all the catholic imagery and yep. the, the big giant jesus yeah. <laughs> and just <laughs> all of that stuff it's fantastic yes uh, and, you know, I, I think that also he's maybe getting into some Mexican, uh, folklore about ghosts as well. I, oh, yeah. I, you know, I see some small echoes of like La Llorona of course, yeah. in it, because if you're Mexican and you're telling a ghost story, you're always going to be thinking about La Llorona a yeah. little bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, and that's great. And, you know, the association of ghosts and water is yeah, kind of a La of Llorona course. thing. Yeah. So I find it very, very interesting. Yeah. Um, a lot of interesting ghost stuff. Love ghosts. We will not be talking about that for the last time with no, this one. No, and I'm so excited. <laughs> I love it. I love him and his ghosts and his dead people. <laughs> it's my favorite thing. Uh, anything else in this topic we want to get to? I can't think of anything else off the top of my head. And that means it's time, time for, for fun, fun stuff. stuff. Uh, okay, I told you about the ghosts already. The like Juon Ringu kind of yeah. Japanese ghost inspiration. Um, and we did talk a little bit about it, but um, he did specifically confirm the the thematic naming of like the good guys have the initial C, and Jacinto and Jaime are sharing an initial because Jaime could become Jacinto, Jacinto, but he chooses to change to. Yes. and become a better person than his grown-up <laughs> counterpart. This may just be me being obnoxious and looking for funny religious symbolism, mm -hmm. but using the initials J and C, hey! who else has the initials J, C? Hey! <laughs> yeah. Like, just uh, saying. And then, yeah, I'm just, I'm just Jesus hearing. Gris. Jesus Gris. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So, um, now this, it's funny because it seems like Guillermo del Toro does really like working with kids and he's pretty good yeah. at working with kids. He's worked with kids on almost every movie yeah. he's made. Um, but apparently, so Fernando Tielove is the boy who played Carlos. Mm -hmm. And apparently if, in scenes where Fernando had to cry and he was unable to, del Toro would loudly complain about Fernando's acting skills and say he was very oh, no. disappointed in him Aww. in order to make him cry. That's so rough. <laughs> I know. I feel like usually you hear cute stories about him working with children. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, but he's like, well, I, I gotta make him cry somehow. I guess that does the job. Yeah. I mean, he was a younger director then. Right. <laughs> Maybe he was a little juvenile, but... I mean, I suppose there are meaner things to say. Oh, definitely. But he did it wow. to make him cry. That's rough. Poor kid. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. 
Um, so there's apparently a lot of, uh, there's even more to do with comics in this movie than even we see. You know, okay. there's references to comics. Yeah, People, certainly. You know, Jaime wants to be a comics artist. They, they're reading these comic books all the time. Yeah. But apparently a big inspiration for this film was, um, Carlos Jimenez, uh, Paracuellos. It's a semi-biographical comic that takes place in a Francoist orphanage during the early 50s. Okay. Um, and Jimenez worked as a storyboard artist on the film. So, so it's like that's there. rooted that, in there. Yeah. It's like comics are a big deal to this movie. Um, and Guillermo loves comics. And to the point where Jaime was sort of inspired by Carlos. Oh, like Jaime is... Sense. Carlos in this movie. Um, so that's kind of cool. Uh, so this is weird. Um, there's like a book that came out about this film. Okay. Um, about like the making of it. Certainly. Uh, and, you know, lots of interviews and like behind the scenes stuff with Del Toro and the other people that worked on the film. And one of the things that Del Toro disclosed is that Jaime was meant to be 19 years old. The actor playing him was 13. I don't like Jaime being 19. No. It doesn't work. It's no, no good. No. Jaime is the oldest boy. But, but he's, he's still a, a boy. boy. Yeah, this is very weird to me that he envisioned Jaime it's as being that It's funny old. that he was supposed to be older than even, even Jacinto was when shit went down for him. Right. Like... And it's like, he's 19? Like, why has he left he, the orphanage? Yeah, like, what is he doing here if he's 19? That's... He, yeah. That's odd. Isn't that really weird? I don't I don't care, care for, for it. No, yeah, he's no. 13, 14. He's definitely not 19. Yeah, he's no. not. It doesn't make sense. No, it doesn't if make sense. If he was 19, he would be a legitimate romantic rival. Yeah. Right? Right? That The whole thing would play different. It's like, very different. And the actor playing him is a boy. Yeah. So that's, yeah, it's very yeah, weird. That's really, I don't know about I, that. I, I don't accept it. <laughs> no, me either. Uh, so here's an interesting thing, and I kind of wondered this when watching. Mm -hmm. Apparently, Santi was played by two different actors. I did wonder the same thing yes. because when he when we see him as a living human boy, he, he looks, looks different. Yeah, Junio Valverde and Andreas Munoz. Um, and apparently they were in a movie, um, Vida y Color, in 2005 uh -huh. together. Oh. They, they played rivals in that movie. Oh, that's funny. And then they played the same character in this one. That's funny. Um, but apparently there, uh, Munoz, uh, replaced Valverde in part of the underwater scenes, um, because Valverde had to go to the hospital for barotrauma caused by the water pressure on his ears. Oh, no. Yeah, Aww. he was having a hard time underwater, so they had to get another actor to, uh, to fill in. That makes sense. I did think when when we see him at the end, I was like, we know this is Santi, but he looks different. This is a different Santi. Um, and so apparently on the first day of Andreas Munoz shooting uh, in the Santi makeup, mm -hmm. Guillermo del Toro asked him to do all of Santi's movements backwards so that they could play him forwards Ringu style. Because oh, that's, yeah, that's how they filmed look creepy. the ghost in yeah. Ringu is that they just did it all backwards and then they... Re reversed reversed it, it, but apparently, um, it would just take too long yeah, to do sense. it, and so they're like, "Let's just do it normal." That was yeah. a cool idea, but we we're not gonna be able to pull this off. Yeah. 
Um, it's simpler this way. Yeah, but it would have been cool, but it would have been like very ringo Difficult, yeah. Well, and, just like, you know, yeah, he's already then, inspired yeah. visually, and then he's yeah. like, and you're also going to do the backwards thing yeah. that Ringu did? Yeah. Like, just like Ringu. Uh, <laughs> but, um. I think Gore Verbinski was actually off doing that at this exact time, roughly. That's funny. <laughs> uh, so according to. Um, the editor, uh, Luis de la Madrid, uh, he said that they, the film was filmed almost entirely in sequence, Ooh, I mean, which is unusual. When there's movies with young children, it sort of makes sense to do that. Like, right. That's how the fall of the shot also, like, that yeah. way if somebody loses a tooth or something. Yeah, it's a continuity yeah. thing. These kids are aging. Uh, but apparently that was pretty hard yeah, to do. Yeah, it is just like makes it take longer and you have to think about more stuff yeah very elaborate um and then uh here's a fun little uh tidbit uh guillermo navarro uh the cinematographer Mm -hmm. um has shot films such as jackie brown what yes what Uh uh-huh um and he's also shot for hannibal my favorite tv show he does good work uh and narcos um and he has worked with del toro five times dang okay um, was this was this their first time working together yes okay. yes after this he did hellboy hellboy 2 pan's labyrinth and pacific rim dang okay so that's guillermo navarro good cinematographer versatile really versatile yeah but i mean no wonder like clearly he helps del toro like yeah conceptualize all these large ideas yes because there's a lot of big stuff going on and it's pretty much always really successful starting here yes so like i mean visually from the beginning but like here it's more focused more focused and i think you know he it just yeah it feels better honed and i think that it was really deliberate navarro's assistance coming in here that really elevates this one above the previous two films absolutely so that's cool yeah good for him uh-huh. We love a collaboration. <laughs> yes, we do. Uh, so apparently, um, part of working with the kids in this movie, um, Del Toro wrote biographies for each of the boys Aww. and gave them homework, saying like, uh, "Here's your biography. Read it. You know, take it in. This is um, from your birth and to the end of your most recent birthday. Wow. This is your whole life." And then um, it says, like, what do you have in common with this character? Uh, what do you identify with and like about him? Like, what can you connect right. to in your character? So that's kind of cool. Good stuff, to, like, yeah. Give these kids something really concrete. Some to way work to with. get into it, so they're not just reciting lines, yeah. right? Or just like being themselves. Like, no, right. this is who you are. Yes. And here's everything about you. Yeah. So that's kind of a cool. Yeah. I mean, that's a lot cool. of work, right? <laughs> but like, very cool to do that with it, these it, boys. It uh, creates good performances. Yes. Um, so my last one is the, the one that I was laughing about uh-huh. when I found that, that you were so curious to hear. So apparently, one of the little boys was really shitty to work with. Oh, no. They have not named who it was, Aww. of course. But one of the boys was a real <laughs> problem. Uh, Del Toro said that he was, quote, a pain in the ass. <laughs> So, he was such a problem that Del Toro was like, I know, we'll kill him off in the explosion. I need to get this kid off set. Oh, no. We gotta get rid of him. We can't keep him oh, around after no. this. So, um, 
you know, this was a really emotional scene to film. Like, of Del Toro and the crew were, like, in tears as they're filming the scene mm-hmm. of, like, the carnage of the explosion. And he's, you know, this boy is supposed to just be there dead in the background. And uh, <laughs> here's a quote from him. We're all weeping. Everybody. The cameraman is weeping. The script girl is weeping. I'm weeping. And we say, that's it. Print. And then the script girl says, I think there's movement in the background. What? Can we go back and rewind? And this dead kid, like a George Romero zombie, gets up and looks at the camera. I go up to this kid, who we are killing because he was a pain in the ass, who is in other scenes, and he always ruined the scenes. So I said, let's kill him. He dies in the explosion and fucked up the last fucking scene he had. I go up to him and say, why the fuck did you do that? And he said, because I feel my character wouldn't die. He would be injured. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Oh, no. That is very funny. It's so funny. Like, okay, yeah, this kid clearly was a pain in the ass. You're right. Couldn't even die right. (laughs) Oh, man. Very funny. So I don't know what kid that was. I wish I knew. Yeah. That's too it's funny. funny. It's funny. It's oh, funny, funny. man. <laughs> <laughs> but this is a really delightful movie, and I'm so yes. glad to have finally seen it. Yes. I've been wanting it's, to see it for years. It's wonderful. It's really good. Uh, just, just a really beautiful anti-fascist film. Yes. And now is when we get into some weird stuff. Yeah. Because, like, he is, like, fully cemented as a filmmaker. Yeah. He is making incredible work. He's established. And then they give him Blade 2. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hollywood comes knocking again. Like, like oh, sorry about the Weinsteins. Yeah. Like, we, we don't like them either, but. We'll do better. Want to come make Blade 2? So. So that's. We're in comic land comics land for a while yeah Yeah. we know he likes comics yeah clearly he likes comics yeah so So we we get a bit of an easy time of it next time yeah well we say that and watch blade 2 turn out to be a complex (laughs) multi-dimensional anti-fascist masterpiece (laughs) (laughs) one can only hope (laughs) all right everybody that's that's devil's backbone Um, apparently you can rent it on youtube so i think so that's what i saw last night when i was looking at it i hope you can because because it's a really beautiful film i loved it a lot we'll link it on twitter (laughs) yes we'll we'll try we'll try yes speaking of which you can follow us on twitter at film broads pod yes follow us it's great. We're excited to talk to you. Yeah. Yeah. Tell us tell us what you think. Did you see any of these movies? Yes, any of these first three. Because I didn't. <laughs> yeah. Nobody's seen these lines. Yeah, these are the obscure ones. Yep. And we're we're headed into Into the, the, the popular ones. The middle phase. Yeah. The silly genre phase. Yeah. <laughs> um with a little with a little serious times interlude in the middle. Yeah. But but we're we're in comics land for a little while. It'll be fun. Yes. All right. So we'll see you then. Yep. Bye bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Film Broads. Please rate and subscribe wherever you like to listen, and find us on Twitter at Film Broads Pod.